Hello friends, we're back. It's another week of long and hard. It's a beautiful sunny day in Edmonton and I am recording this intro extremely last minute. So we are joined uh, by local comedian, very funny man, uh, Alex Fortin. This week, it was a ton of fun. We talked about a lot of different things. specific to comedy i would say um if you're someone who's a friend of or friend fan of podcasting well uh you probably are a little bit of a fan of comedy thanks to joe rogan and his crew of friends so uh it's really interesting to learn a lot about the process the behind the scenes the grinding it out alex has been doing it for seven or eight years now um it was really cool to hear some of his stories of uh you know digging digging in the trenches so to say uh i actually wanted to wait until i so he has an album out you can find it on apple music spotify uh if you go to his website comedyaf.com you can listen to it he's a hilarious comedian and i did wait until i listened to his album so i could say that and mean it and not just be like oh he's so funny and then you listen to his album and it sucks it's very good i would highly recommend downloading it uh it's a very talented local comedian um like i said been doing it for a long time his um his resume includes performances at places such as the Okanagan Comedy Festival, the Edmonton Comedy Festival, and he also had a main spot in the World Series of Comedy in Las Vegas, so he's fairly decorated there. Um, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, excuse me, which is September 4th, um, I believe he has a show tonight and then tomorrow night thursday uh it's towards the end of the episode he says those dates and then you can catch him at the edmonton comedy festival which frankly i didn't really know is a thing and i'm very much looking forward to it's october 16th to 19th he has a few performances there keep an eye on that uh be sure to check out his instagram it's af comedian yeah at af comedian or if you search alex fortin he will hopefully come up He's posting about shows all the time. Uh, He also has a new podcast called the Scrambled the Eggs podcast, uh, which is trying to promote the Edmonton local entertainment scene, whether that's comedy, music, uh, other shows, etc. around the city. They're doing some good stuff over there, so I'd encourage you to check them out. And without further ado, let's get into it. All got along, they probably got me down by the end of the song. Seem like the whole city go against me. Every time I'm in the street, I hear yak, 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 yak. Man, where is Where you from? Your solo show is back here. Yeah, because you guys were whoever was right like, next to oh, yeah. Well, no, it's because they were like eating breakfast. So you're like cutting. Oh, no. <laughs> and you just hear the plate like. Yeah, <laughs> I recorded it at a restaurant for this like solo podcast I did. Oh, no. And it actually wasn't too bad, but it, you kind of had like the ambient sound yeah. and stuff. Wait, so. That was fine. Like yeah. it just kind of, it sounds like you're sitting at the next table over just eavesdropping, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. That's kind of an interesting vibe. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, bad. yeah. I don't know. I, don't you fucking jack that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got an idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was listening to this shitty podcast that this shitty Edmonton comedian had. <laughs> Called the Long and Hard Podcast. Yeah. There's comedians start a podcast all the time, and I just listen to like one or two episodes to see how bad it is and then never listen again. Yeah. But this one was so bad I listened to a whole bunch and uh, there was one episode where he was recording in like a restaurant and then I don't know what happened but like the dinner rush came or like something and all of a sudden you just heard like all these conversations like like 
hey, is Mary gonna be coming? Like, <laughs> just, like, just like in the middle. And he's like, oh, uh, I guess we're gonna have to move this podcast. Like, it's getting a little noisy around here. It doesn't edit any of this out, and then like just like takes off back and like, all right, then we're back now with. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> you just, it's like silence, like a sound treated room that they're yeah. in. Now. Oh my god! It's so funny. <laughs> oh god, that's bad. That's funny. Like, I listened right. to it just to see how bad it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is this an Edmonton comedian or is this? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Not okay. anymore. He was like, he was garbage, dude. He was a lawyer, <laughs> and he hmm. like started doing comedy and there's this weird thing that happens when someone who's like old enough starts comedy Mm. it's like they have enough like life stories and experiences and have like heard enough jokes and everything to kind of write something that's coherent and like make sense yeah so their first 10 to 15 minutes is always like a good solid like bit of material that like you can tell needs working on but it's there yeah it's like Mm -hmm. when a 19 year old starts he's like I don't know, dicks and cats? What do I do? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was like this old lawyer, and so like he's obviously personable all this shit, so he came in and like had like a good bit of time and started getting like work really quickly, and so he immediately was like, well, I'm the best, and was also just rich, so he could do whatever the fuck he wanted, so he was like throwing his own shows, and like as soon as you can throw money at advertising. Oh, yeah, for sure. Sure. You throw enough enough. money at a wall, something will stick, sort of thing, right? So he starts like getting all this stuff, and starts kind of like working out, but all the comedians are just watching this dude like, oh, he has no idea that he's a fucking clown. Like, he thinks (laughs) that he's like a prolific stand-up comedian, but he's just like a fucking joke teller at a bar on Thursdays, if that makes sense. Right, no, I I see what you're saying. And so... Yeah, there's like comedians, and then there's like not comedians. Funny guys who can sort of public speak, I guess. Yeah, there's like a very big difference between people who are like artistically stand-up comedians and people who like write jokes and perform them. Mm -hmm. It's like a very different idea but he was one of the guys who was writing jokes but he thought that he was a comedian right, and right. so kind of kind of didn't know the pro or respect the process know the process yeah, as much exactly it's like you can't or thought it, thought he had the Midas touch i guess exactly right? it's like you can't write an act in an hour bro like you have to understand like what happens and you have to bomb a few times and see what yeah. like what telling a oh, bad yeah. joke feels like yeah. and like yeah. all that stuff before what? you can really yeah cuz you've been doing it for like seven years or something. Yeah, it'll be eight in October. Okay, yeah. October first will be eight years. So you pr- you must have your share of bombing, right? Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah I bombed yesterday. Oh, did you? I, yeah. Oh. It, was, it was just a <laughs> shitty show, but I bombed. Like no one would be like, "You did well." It was like you did about as good as you could have done in that situation. What? What? <laughs> well, so where did it compare to the show? We saw. We saw. Because there was it? eight people uh, there. Were right. like yeah. not very many people there. Well, it was different. It was basically the ex- exact opposite of the show that you guys saw. So, same kind of thing. But I think I didn't bomb with you guys because you guys were laughing. The other table yeah. was laughing. I thought you did. We're good. Yeah, like yeah. yeah, it was a fine show. It just wasn't like if you listen to the recording of it, you'd be like, "Dude, you what? Did you suck? Like what is happening?" Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. But so yesterday was there was like a hundred and. 10 people oh, in the okay. bar probably but gotcha. it was a long weekend Sunday so there was like there was four empty tables in front of me and then the two girls that were sitting at the booth with you guys yeah. also there they love coming to comedy they're like yeah. super fans Okay. so they were in front next to four empty tables and then there was like two six tops behind them that were paying attention and the rest of the bar is just full of people chatting and like having fun yeah, with their friends on right. a long weekend so oh, it was yeah. like 
even if I'm crushing with these four people paying They're, attention, it is everyone so else is like, man, would that guy out? shut the hell up over there? Yeah, <laughs> is he preaching or something? <laughs> yeah. Literally, like, what's going on? Like how did he just say slippery Chinese people? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Like, yeah, I did. Uh, so were you doing like you were doing a full set? Then, I guess, yeah, like, well, I was hosting the show, so the same idea. Oh, okay, I was, right. gotcha. Went yeah. up and was like, hey, this is what comedy looks like, and now bang through whoever the rest of the comedians are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, there's definitely the young guys at that show were amazing. Yeah, Brad and Leo, those guys are awesome, dude. Brad's my roommate now, and yeah. uh, Leo oh, yeah. is he's so funny. He was on the show yesterday, too. He also bombed. We all did. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, would you say it was just that? Like the environment and the crowd yeah. reception wasn't there, sort of thing. There's a weird like, as a comedian, you don't. I hate being like, oh, I'm blaming the audience because it's stupid to do. Because there mm-hmm. is someone like if Chris Rock walked into that room, he would have had a banger set and yeah. it would have been amazing. So I don't want to be like anyone would have sucked there. But it was like, yeah, yeah, given the tools and like who I was and where yeah. I'm at in stand up, yeah. it was like that was as coherent a job as you could have asked from me. Right? No, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, well, I and we were even saying this watching your your guys' show we were at the other day where, because, yeah. you know, podcasting is so popular now, people and comedians are into it. I think as fans of stand-up comedy, you learn more about the process, right? So yeah. you kind of, like, understand what's going on. Yeah. And we were saying, we're like, it'd be so hard to gauge how you're doing to a so small difficult. audience because yeah. maybe your joke's really funny to one guy for whatever reason, yeah. and he's in hysterics on the floor, and you're like, Wow, this is a great joke. I'm gonna use it. Like, how do you tell if you're bombing or killing it? If there, it's you know, because yeah, if, if two true, people man. laugh, that's maybe it's a good joke. <laughs> it's also two people did it. Yeah, it's thirty percent of the audience. <laughs> yeah. Maybe two didn't hear it, so now it's forty percent of the audience. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? yeah. So it'd be hard to gauge. Good math. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so don't check those numbers. <laughs> yeah. Well, essentially, you just have to do the bit over and over again, and just be like. Once you've done it like fifteen times, it's like okay, you've sort then of you know have a bigger sample where size, the bit I guess. is. Yeah. Sure. And it's weird because some bits, dude. There's like no explanation for it. Some bits, you're like, if I do this fifteen times, four times, it'll have the biggest applause of any of my jokes of the whole night. Right. But the eleven other times, people just look at me like I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, what is, is this? An amazing joke, and none of you get it, or is it these yeah. four are just stupid, and this joke makes no sense? That's the thing. Is like, if your your crowd is. Ivy League educated people, you probably could get away with a lot more. Yeah. You know, like well, people actually get what you're saying. Whereas sometimes... A more elaborate story. Yeah, you know, yeah. like a, a joke drops and it, you need to be on the inside to kind of get it. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's a lot I, less of that, I would say. Yeah, I have a show that I run. I ran it every year since I started comedy, like basically a month before my one-year comedy anniversary, the show happens. Yeah. And it's at a frat house on the U of A campus. Okay. And the reason it started is I, my buddy was in the frat and he was like the events coordinator that year and I'd been doing stand-up and he was like, hey, do you want to throw like a show? We'll do it on the porch and like all this stuff. So we're like, okay, cool. And so we do a show on the porch and we had like couches and stuff set up <laughs> and people walking by ended up coming around and it was That's really cool. fun. Yeah. And I was like, I was 20, yeah, I was 20 years old. Yeah. And so I was like young and looked like I fit in. It was just mm-hmm. on this porch like telling jokes and like all these guys were around laughing. So we had a really good time. 
And then one of the comedians made a bunch of rape jokes to the Safe Walk people. Oh, no. And so... The Safe Walk people walked by and he's like, let's do some crowd work. (laughs) 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 Made some real dark jokes. Oh, boy. You know, I think almost anyone listening who is familiar with U of A knows exactly which frat house Oh, yeah, you would do. 100%. That's the right frat house. Judging... Whichever one came to your mind, that's, that's the, the one. one. <laughs> you betcha. Those are my boys. Um, so that's happening next week, actually. That show is going on. Oh, nice. And, uh, Get your tickets. It's yeah. super or fun. Or just walk by <laughs> whatever street. Well, now it's in the basement. Oh, is it? And no. they've hung, when they do it, they put a big sheet up behind mm-hmm. us to cover their like their letters. Because they're like, if we get Snapchatted or whatever, like, they can't prove that it's here. Like, we have to not. Oh, Like, God, there yeah. has to be no proof that it's here. So, like, yeah. we don't say the name and, like, we don't do all that stuff. Yeah. Just because, like, they basically, for the last seven years, they have the, you know who they are. Yeah. Um, they have that reputation. But they're also smart enough to get into the University of Alberta. Like, they're smart, like, mm-hmm. somewhat educated dummies. Yeah. So yeah. so they can, like, put together the jokes that you think out, but also they're, like, doing keg stands during the show. Yeah. So it's, like, <laughs> this hilarious energy of, like, they love the show, so they're all quiet and no one heckles and they watch and they laugh, but they're also drunk as shit, but kind of smart, but dummies. <laughs> and it's like the perfect audience and I love it. It's yeah, my it's a great thing. You just go in Honestly. there, crush it every yeah. single yeah. time. And because we've been doing it so long now, and I got super lucky, there was a dude, his name's Angelo Sarukis. He had like a small part on Blue Mountain State. Okay. Oh, and uh, right. cool. he's like friends with some comedians that are from Edmonton because they worked with him in LA at the comedy store and stuff and they just kind of like okay. made okay. weird connects cool, cool. so he was here doing the comic strip headlining the same time I was doing that frat show so he came afterwards and like did a set so he oh, like sick. crushed I think it was like year two mm-hmm. year one the dude who headlined it is this local dude named Sterling do you guys know Sterling Scott ever heard of him that it sounds terribly familiar. familiar, but... Yeah, he's a local dude from Edmonton. Anyway, he's been to Just for Laughs. He just got back from doing JFL for, like, the second time. Mm. He worked with Kevin Hart. He has, like, three albums out. Nice. He's fucking awesome. Nice. And so he did the first show just because he's a local Edmonton comedian, and he happened to, like, not have really done much at that point because it was seven yeah. years ago. Yeah. So he was like, yeah, sure, I'll come down and headline for the price of beer for your buddy's show. Yeah. <laughs> but he's one of the best comedians in the country, so he crushed super hard. Yeah. And then nice. we had Angelo come the next year, and then it's like all the guys that you saw, like Leo and Kean and those guys, I think, are going to be doing it this year. Yeah. So it's like I get funny comics to do it. So every year they love the show, so they love having us, and we love going there. And it's like. Sweet. That's awesome. That's most, a, yeah, that's that would be a good crowd for good environment crowd speaking of that sort of yeah thing, right? so, so if you want to know if a joke's good just go to there. that specific show and it will be a 100 percent exact benchmark of whether or not that's a that's funny a joke show yeah. goes to the optimal crowd to judges yeah <laughs> well that's the way to know because sometimes you're like i don't know if it's good or bad because sometimes it does well sometimes it doesn't do well and if yeah. you go and do it there you'll know where it lands on the scale you yeah. can find out <laughs> So I noticed you have, like, three pens in your fucking pocket. Oh, yeah, I always So you're have, just writing all the time, eh? Yeah, I have pen marks, dude. I have pen on my hands. Like, all of my pants have, like, oh, yeah. pen markings in the pockets. It's probably soaked with, like, blue ink. It goes through to my underwear. My underwear all has, like, pen marks on the inside of it. Nice, nice. So I just write on, like, napkins or whatever's to the craft. around. So just kind of when you think of a funny story sort of thing. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. 
when I have funny Or something ideas. funny happens. I also bartend, and so I need oh, pens yeah, for, like, when I'm <laughs> writing down orders and stuff. Okay. And so, like, I just constantly have a pen with me because I'm like, well, I'm either going to be going to write jokes or going to write orders or doing something. So yeah, just have them. That's awesome. I was yeah. laughing about that. I was like, he's got, like, fucking the fucking holster of pens in his body. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, different like, always colors. fucking ready. Yeah, different colors. Everything's... Looking at comedians' notebooks is, like, a hilarious study into the mind of human beings, I think. Because <laughs> it's, it's probably not written nicely within all the margins and stuff. It's no, like some people's are. Yeah. Some, that I'd like to see, like, a sample of, like, a group of them, and I could probably match you, like, whose book is which person by, like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. looking at just how it is. Yeah. Because, like, mine is insane. It's just mostly set lists that are, like, one word to, like, describe a whole joke, which is the craziest huh. way to write anything down because jokes are so, like, weird and... Right. What's well, an elaborate like, story or whatever. Yeah, right, well, so. and my favorite joke that right now and the one that I made a reference to earlier, so I'll do it again, is... Uh, it's... I'm pretty sure I did it. It's a stupid joke about the way that you say a sentence can be interpreted, like... If you say a sentence one way or a different way, sure. people are I remember this intro, but I don't remember how yeah. it went. Basically, the thing is that if I say people of Eastern Asian descent typically have less body hair than people of other ethnicities, people are like, yeah, that's reasonable. It's weird to bring up, but that sounds like a reasonable statement. Right. But if I say Chinese people are slippery, everyone gets really mad. <laughs> <laughs> now I remember. I but remember it's that. the same. Yeah. You're saying the same thing, yeah. technically. Yeah. So... <laughs> So, so in your notebook, is it just so the notebook? It says slippery Asians. Oh, okay. So, so if they, <laughs> maybe, if someone found your notebook, it might not. Look <laughs> yeah, like, what is going yeah. on with this guy? Like yeah. literally, like the names of things. Because all I use the notes for is, I'll just bring my notepad on stage, and I do it for like pretty much every show. Some yeah. shows I'll try and hide it. Yeah, but like. I don't know, man. Demanding that you memorize an hour of your own thoughts to, like, also perform and deal with interruptions and do yeah. crowd work yeah. and, like, work on new material all is, like, a huge a ask. So I just keep a notebook and I try and hide it behind, like, a speaker or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'll put my beer near it so it looks like yeah. I'll go to grab a drink and yeah. I'll look at where I'm Thanks. at in the list. I did yeah. notice, actually, quite a few. And that was actually, I think, my first time at a real amp. Yeah, amateur yeah, comedy amateur night, night, right? <laughs> uh, no one will take that. offense to that. Where, but <laughs> well, I did notice everyone at, so. had their... You could tell who was a comedian because they walked in yeah. with a notebook and pen and yeah. a backpack, half of them, for whatever yeah. reason. So <laughs> That's What's for drugs. Bag, They're drugs. It's yeah. always <laughs> drugs. <laughs> no, it's, it all makes sense. <laughs> no, it's mostly actually other books. Like I have probably in my truck right now like seven joke books just with years worth of right oh of crap your previous? In them. Oh, okay yeah because yeah, yeah. that's kind of how we go again memorizing it is like really tough like yeah especially even imagine your favorite musician like who an album that you've listened to a million times mm -hmm. try and tell me the track list from one to twelve yeah like yeah who, right. who the fuck yeah. knows and it's like i've listened to that a hundred times like yeah i've listened to the marshall mathers lp a hundred i could struggle to name you six al like songs off the top of my head yeah so mm -hmm. it's like when you go, you're like, what jokes have I been doing recently like that I'm working on? And you go back and be like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. I'll try and do that one tonight because I know it works and I need something to segue here or there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of how you put together your set list is just with your old books. So you keep them kind of on hand. Yeah. 
So great. At least that's what I use my bag for. Yeah. Cool. That and joints. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I like it. So would you ever do like a go to like an elementary school and perform? Because you know, like <laughs> censor. Because you know, there's comedians that can do both. Like yeah. they do the they do the explicit stuff and then they do the like. You know the fucking vanilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're watered down. I um, yeah. I so we do a lot of that in Alberta. We do like a ton of that because we get booked for Christmas parties a lot. That's like the biggest industry for us. Okay. Oh, is okay. yeah, yeah, like yeah. we get booked. <laughs> I literally work for an agency that they're a they're a corporate entertainment agency, and they book hypnotists, magicians, and uh, comedians, and like bands and right. stuff like that. Okay. But literally, like, I've been booked on shows by them with a hypnotist. It's like, I'm opening for a hypnotist. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, when you're doing that and you're at this company Christmas party, it's like the HR rep is here and, like, everyone brought their wives and, like, some people were wearing gowns. So you can't be like, so it's fucking this bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So like it's a slightly more filtered version. Yeah, I I can do a filtered version. I can't do, like, I wouldn't be able to do kids. I've been offered doing kids shows, but I'm like, I can't. Because with adults, at least you can, like, you can clean up a dirty joke by, like, alluding to it or, like, having some kind of facade. Or you can, like, write a joke that is, like, wordplay or clever. But it's like, as soon as you throw kids, I'm like, we're too stupid to get the wordplay jokes. (laughs) Like, this is a nine-year-old I'm talking to. He's not going to understand, like, the onomatopoeia in my fucking joke. (laughs) (laughs) If I make any dirty reference, I either have to say dick or butt, which will make them laugh, but, like, then I'm going to get in trouble. Wow, that joke killed all (laughs) this. Yeah, (laughs) like, I could just make (laughs) fart noises in my armpit. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it's just like I just be like hire a clown like don't hire me yeah the yeah. clown will make the kids laugh way harder way better yeah it'll make two cry but I will too that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly I mean if you're gonna go watch comedy why would you ever expect it to be you know watered down yeah like, it's a weird I do get it in the the like corporate, corporate setting I do understand that makes sense like, I, I could understand that I hate idea. doing it it's soul sucking and like artistically it hurts you know I was gonna ask what do you like do you like those corporate games no. or what no, there's some that are fun. There's like some where you get up there and like even it's a hard thing to deal with because a lot of times too it's like you're going to like a welding company. So you're like, well, these guys are racist. Like I can say whatever I want. <laughs> They're openly racist at work. Yeah. Like I've been around construction guys. Like they yeah, just say, yeah, yeah. like they say worse things at work than I'll ever get away with saying on stage. Yeah, yeah. So like why would I censor myself? But then – you get there and everyone's wearing gowns. You're like, oh, okay, I have to do that. But then there's some where you're like, oh, it's an office. But you get there and everyone's wasted and Dave's wearing a tie sideways on his head. And you're like, oh, fuck it. These guys want a comedy show. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah there you go, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> Dave's wearing a tie sideways on his head. So you're like, I don't know. Huh. I never know where the scale is going to fall. But I get contracts that like will say like, hey, you specifically cannot say this, 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 or this. Oh, shit. Oh, like, wow. you can't joke about this. And there's other stuff where we'll get contracts and just be like, hey, just so you know, like, there's a missing woman in the city right now. So, like, if you have jokes that, like, reference missing people or, like, whatever, yeah. don't do them. Because sometimes you do stuff like that innocently. Like, I have a joke that the reason I use that example, I have a joke that fucking bombed hard. And it's, like, one of my better jokes. Yeah. And the whole premise is 
it's a stupid kind of whatever joke. But the premise is that um, if a woman thinks that you're cheating on her, she'll, like, get crazy detective skills out of nowhere. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the one line is just, like, if a woman goes missing, don't call the cops. Just tell a girl that that girl fucked her boyfriend. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> It'll take her, like, two hours. She'll yeah. Saw, like, it's not. Yeah, okay, fair enough. So that, but there was a missing woman in the town, and I didn't know. Oops. <laughs> and so I was, like, if a woman goes missing, just call. And it was just, like, silence. And I was, like. Crickets. And I just kind of like shoved it under the rug and went on because there's way more to the joke. Like it goes on to yeah. be yeah. the whole thing. Like yeah, yeah. the difference between girls get mad and when guys get mad, and there's a whole sure. like other thing after that. Yeah. But at that part, it just got weird. So I swept it under the rug and moved on because I was like, "Well, I know the rest of this joke will be fine." Yeah. And then I'd forgotten about it. And someone came up to me after the show and like, "Hey, just so you know, like that joke's funny, but there's a missing woman." And I was like, "What?" And he's like. That's why that joke, like, no one, like, yeah. it got really quiet. And oh. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I didn't know that. He's like, yeah, no, no one's, like, mad. But, like, how would you know? But, like, yeah. Yeah. if someone laughed, they would be an asshole. They'd I was like, asshole. oh, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Gotcha. <laughs> I would oh, have been shit. the asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, you, do you do a lot of shows, like, out of town, around? Or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've been, um, I've been super lucky. And I always say this, like, I can't imagine starting comedy right now, like, as a 20, I'm 27, which is Mm. still young, but, like, even at this point in my life, I'm like, you can't do what I was doing right now. Like, you just, your friends would never talk to you. It would be, it would never make any sense, because now my friends all have jobs, and, like, Mm. they're free on weekends, and they don't do that stuff, but when I was 19... I was taking like a hundred bucks to drive seven hours on like a Tuesday to do like a 12 minute spot in like Estevan, Saskatchewan. And it was like, that was insane. But all of my friends were like in school and doing all this crazy shit anyways. So like they'd see Snapchats of me like getting wasted on a Tuesday and they'd be like, hell yeah, frat party. Like, yeah. right. So okay, it was the I same kind of yeah, like. Yeah. But now, if I had to do, like, what you have to do to get into comedy... Yeah. Because you have to do those gigs, at least, like, in to get where you need to be relatively efficiently. I don't know if that makes sense. But, Mm -hmm. like, if you want to make the right connections and, like, do that stuff, you kind of have to pay your dues and do your favors. Okay. And, like... If you aren't, like, a 19-year-old who's down to party in, like, these random small towns, like, <laughs> it would be the most depressing, like, bullshit. You just go on stage for, like, 12 minutes and do okay to some hicks and then, like, some fat girl tries to sleep with you and then you have to, like, go home sad. Like, I wouldn't... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it sucks. Cause, and now I hate doing those gigs because yeah. that's what happens. And I'm yeah. like, no, like, I don't... Don't want to do this. But so at 19, it... I was like, someone buy me free shots. This is awesome. <laughs> this is better than being paid money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I didn't have to pay for gas because, yeah. like, the headliners all knew that I was making 100 bucks. So they're like, well, they're that nice at least. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, so, awesome. so, so is that part of comedy because you need to make the in-roll, inroads, make connections? Or is it kind of the experience, like, that's how you learn to be good I guess right yeah I think it's both and the third and this is the most important thing is it tells you if you're gonna quit or not right because if you can't if you don't love comedy enough to like 
go do that show. Yeah. Like, if you don't like being on stage and, like, doing comedy enough to drive from here to Estevan to do 12 minutes, like, you're not, you don't like comedy enough to deal with what it's going to do to you later. Because, hmm. like, the shit that you have to do in your life, like, I don't want to get too depressing, but kind <laughs> no, of no, my no, girlfriend yeah. and I just broke up and, like, okay. I had to move out of her house because I was, like... I need to figure comedy out first. Like I can't, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. can't have a life where like we're, you know, together and that's what she wanted. And it was just like, we came to this point where it was right. like, I might have to move to Toronto to like go slum to it for level. a bit to, yeah, yeah, to do this stuff. And yeah. she's like, well, I want to, you know, go back home and buy a house. And I was like, fuck. Like, yeah, no, really no I, 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 I kind of get that and relate to that, you know, yeah. In a way. We're both so. entrepreneurial, right? Yeah, and I mean, exactly. as, a, as a comedian, I think you're entrepreneurial. You kind of are, really. Yeah, sense, well, it's right? I pay yeah. income taxes as a sole proprietor of my own business as yeah, a stand-up comedian. Yeah, I guess comedian. you would even, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. it's like I have to learn, and that's like the other thing is you... <laughs> I remember listening to podcasts and not understanding, like, Kevin Hart blew, like ruined his life for a bit the first time he got famous. Because he spent too much money on like throwback jerseys and didn't know he had to pay income tax. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. And so he got like a huge deal and spent all the money. Like he bought his mom a Mercedes Benz and like blew right, all the money. Right, right. And the tax man was like, "All right, where's our bit?" And he's like, "What are you talking about?" And they're like, "Off your paycheck." You, you weren't just taking. I thought you were taking it off as yeah. we went along. <laughs> exactly. Like <laughs> so. people don't know that your your bit like your boss is doing that to you like yeah, that doesn't yeah, happen yeah, yeah. if someone's just handing you money from right. their business yeah. yeah so like you have to also learn that as a 19 year old and hmm. so like unless you're kind of privileged in that way a lot of comedians end up getting like super fucked because they don't even know first of all or no one tells them or they can't afford to have um, an accountant, an accountant. Stuff. yeah and like I went to H&R Block one year because I'd done my own taxes before, but this was the first year it got complicated because I was writing off, like, car stuff and, like, sure. yeah, yeah, really yeah. trying to figure out things. So I went to H&R Block to do it, and it's relatively simple. Basically, I get to write off food and gas, mm -hmm. two things, but I just didn't know, like, how to do that. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, whatever, I'll go to them. And they're like, oh, if you were writing off a car, it's $500 for us to do your taxes. Hmm. And I was like, yo, I'm going to... Like, I'm going to owe, like, $300. Like, how... <laughs> like, I made no money. I, like, I make, like, 30000 a year. How are you charging me 500 bucks to do my taxes for me? Like, yeah. that's what I'm paying in taxes. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. So, it was, like, that sucked. And I was, like, 20. And I was, like, I work part-time at a restaurant. And I, like, get paid 100 bucks to go to Estevan. Like, why... <laughs> Why are you charging me so much money to do this? I've no, what? Yeah. That's more than I charge to do my job. Right. No, 100%. <laughs> so I had to learn how to like do my own income taxes. Yeah. Just like go to the post office and get the form book and the lesson book and like an idiot. I didn't like do. So I just read through every single one and was like, does this apply to me? And it's like retirement savings bonuses. I'm like, did I spend money on any of this? Because <laughs> I was so scared that I was going to like be like busted for like not sure. but yeah. i also couldn't. oh yeah so yeah i, I mean I, as a 19 year old that'd be super difficult. that'd be very yeah. hard yeah i got really lucky that my mom like my mom did 
taxes for my dad like his whole life and he did a bunch of stuff and her dad's like really smart with money and he's like he does a lot of stock investing and like yeah showed her everything so like my lineage taught me to You're, do oh good, good. your yeah. bloodline yeah. taught you yeah, <laughs> some of it yeah. like Man. basics and like understanding how to do the forms and where to put all the numbers and what everything means sure. and yeah i got lucky in that sense but I, yeah like I, I can't imagine like especially a lot of comedians are weirdos who come from like either broken homes or just like they moved out when they were 17 or yeah. you know mm-hmm. they're from the other side of the country and it's like how do you know how to do your own taxes as <laughs> yeah. a, like you, you wouldn't even think of it right yeah because they're just getting paid especially because you get paid from the agency so you think the agency is your boss right but they oh, treat us yeah, like subcontractors basically gotcha. yeah okay. so that, i mean that makes a lot of sense totally. economically but like you would have no idea, yeah. right? So, yeah. So, huh. like, I guarantee the shit that I'm saying to you right now, other comedians are, who are listening to this podcast have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh, Being shit. paid as a subcontractor is not a sentence that they understand. Yeah. <laughs> like, and yeah. if they do, they don't know how it affects them. Mm. <laughs> it's like, no, it's very true. It's something I, I've never even thought about is yeah. that sort of... Yeah. And, like, I've looked into, like, getting incorporated and, like, paying myself a salary, but then you have to, like, pay CP on both the proprietorship and the thing so it's like you have to make a decent amount of money before right. you can even before it makes sense. start to yeah. do any of this so it's mm-hmm. like well when do I start making 50k a year and then once I do I have to learn how to be my own accountant again so yeah it's like if you're not willing to drive to Estevan because you love comedy you're not going to do your taxes because you love comedy right so like, <laughs> there's some wisdom in there i think yeah it really does those like being a 19 20 21 year old doing comedy on the road told me that i'm not gonna quit comedy it's like there's no way right. like i woke up with 20 bucks in my bank account and like a hangover and like didn't even get laid last night and like i was still the happiest person in the world just like my new joke worked <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, shit. yeah wow. that's awesome, that's awesome man. man i mean fuck that I guess you gotta love the process, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we gotta take that because yeah, our camera every third. Mm-hmm. When the guy who hasn't run the tech talks about running the tech, <laughs> he I knows mean, what he's no, doing. I've actually, he's actually I, watched the camera. I've now. actually <laughs> start like I've gone here like set it up and not hit record on the camera. Bro, the amount of times I've like recorded in mono instead of stereo, so it only comes in on like one ear when you listen, <laughs> yeah. or like yeah. accidentally. Well, that's what I was actually listening to another podcast where i don't know what they did and like you know it's like i'm someone who you know it's nice when the audio quality is good but the content's arguably the most important part yeah but they for however they did it they had two mono channels and it was an interview so when one was talking it was this year and and it was it just sounded so funny yeah they just (laughs) mono and put it instead of doing the stereo input it's that's just little stupid stuff i had to learn along the way it's funny um <laughs> your point we were talking during the break about how like people on the internets are pervs right so any yep. <laughs> naturally your that her channel <laughs> did well but there's some girls who do like just typical like being a youtuber they just vlog about whatever talk about their day do all these different things yeah. and there's sort of a community where they'll like do the same type of video yeah like a you know what that's i mean that's the crazy dude but but it, the weird like theme videos and like how they come to be is the craziest yeah, yeah, thing yeah, yeah, yeah. they're like today we're doing the 
what flavor is this sucker challenge? And it's like, how does everyone know to do this today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. yeah. yeah. Where is there a message board? Yeah. But anyways, anyways so the channels like that where it's relatively innocent and, and they'll just do bikini try on haul. <laughs> That's the <laughs> yeah. most viewed video by, by like miles like, of views. So much. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, well, that's her Could we make too. it less obvious, guys? <laughs> Can we try a little bit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Use incognito mode or something. Do something. There's actually a girl who was like, today is try on bikini day, a.k.a. I want views day. And I was like, well, at least you're honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. That's good. Yeah, there's a clear theme in uh, her videos as well. My ex is a YouTuber is what yeah. we're talking about. Right. Um, and uh, Ashley Elizabeth, if any of you are interested. <laughs> There you go. There you go, Ashley. Have some have some viewers. Um, (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) There we are. We're expanding our circles equally. Both of us are giving each other two way equal streets (laughs) viewership sharing. So, anyways, if if you want to send maybe four hundred thousand viewers this way, that'd be nice. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thank you. So, anyways, she. If you look at her videos, there's a clear theme that like, oh yeah, these are whatever kind, innocent, like fun tweeny videos, and doing the theme videos and stuff, and then she like openly is like ask me your sex questions because teens need someone to talk to who isn't their parent and they can ask yeah. her like which is fair honestly right yeah. like I guess you're feeling a niche right so yeah. yeah so she's like doing alright and then you see one where it's just like bikini haul or she like does like Adam and Eve sex toy reviews and she's like <laughs> new butt plug ones this week and like if you watch the video, she's like, "These are butt plugs. Don't use them." And like, throw it. But like, the view, the video has like a billion views. Yeah. You're like, well, because every cover person photo on the internet. Like- uh, but yeah. also, yeah, also, yeah. Big Brother, who's probably listening to this right now, what the fuck is with my... The only videos of hers that will still pop up on my recommended feeds are all the ones about dicks. Any one of her videos <laughs> that is about <laughs> sex or, like, sexual innuendo is like, Young and 19 has uploaded a new video. And I'm like, yeah. okay, why don't I ever get the, like, taste test challenges? Like, why, how to make edamame beans the right way? <laughs> like... <laughs> I'm only I'm only getting like I'm gonna put stuff in my butt today. <laughs> like, that's a fairly oh, wide channel. Yeah, how to make any Yeah, tune in tomorrow for. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, guys, hopefully your edamame beans turned out at home. Hopefully that was to clean out your system. Tricked you for oh, doing butt stuff. <laughs> Oh boy. Oh Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Can that be the name of the episode? <laughs> don't please don't. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. Jesus don't, that's another crazy thing about YouTube though. They are very versatile. Like if you look at any of them, they're like very weird. Yeah. The YouTube world is a very strange thing to me because it's like Like you mean any any channel or just YouTube yeah, as a whole? Like yeah, any channel. Even those like the really famous YouTubers. Actually they pretty broad. Yeah, they're yeah, like, here's my day to day, and then they're like, and here's ten movie reviews, and then like here's me playing video games, and yeah. then like here's a sketch that I did with my friends, and it's like, what are you? Like what Yeah, I guess I don't know. You're a YouTuber. It's yeah. it's its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, here's a video of my new puppy, and they're like Today, we're sponsored by, like, cigarettes. <laughs> what is with the internet? Actually, if uh, if cigarette companies really wanted to get the next generation, they would advertise with YouTubers. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Jewel's so on it. True. Jewel's yeah. getting in there. Yeah, yeah no kidding. Have no you shit. heard their commercials? They're the best. Jewel commercials? Yeah. Like, radio commercials? Yeah. Where? where 
on the radio. Like on radio in Edmonton? Yeah. You're allowed to do that? Yeah. Okay. It's awesome. They're so funny because they're like... I've never heard them. They start with like um, 30 million adults in Canada still smoke tobacco, but they don't want to. And they're like, Jewel is a tobacco-less or a smokeless tobacco alternative. like... No, I don't think the smoke is the problem, Jewel. Like, this is the, <laughs> but, like, that's how they're advertising uh, it. It's like, if you want to get off smoking, do the Jewel. But, like, they can't say that because yeah. it's illegal. Right. So they're just being like, oh, so it's a really... smokeless alternative is how they're framing it. Right. Do they have to, to speak like, in a super monotone voice? Because, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a lady voice, of oh, course. Okay. A soothing yeah. lady voice. But still very... Because there's so yeah. many rules of cigarette ads and nicotine-related yeah. ads that... Yeah, you would have to just talk like, uh, sound like yeah. me, pretty much. Well, that's what they do, but they <laughs> trick you by just throwing out a smoking statistic, yeah, and then saying that adults don't want to smoke cigarettes anymore. Yeah. So you're like, oh, this is a quit smoking ad, mm. and then they're like, Jewel is a smokeless Surprise. alternative, yeah. and yeah. then you're like, oh, Jewel's gonna help me quit smoking. It's like the most like feeble attempt at like oh, yeah. tricking people into thinking that they're not still like jeweling on nicotine. Well, I mean, because Jewel, it's owned by a cigarette company, right? Oh yeah. So yeah, there you go. Very obvious they point to get uh, kids hopelessly addicted to nicotine. Yeah, <laughs> right, it's right? hilarious. So, yeah. That's one of my favorite memes. I like. I like memes, but I hate them because they're like overdone. As soon as you see it once, you're like, "Wait, I'm gonna see this for the next two weeks." But, That's very true, actually, honestly. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> there's one that was like, um, I forget what it was, but it was something that's like, I might be old or like maybe my generation fucked up the planet or something. It was one of those ones. Okay, and it yeah, was like, yeah. But at least I didn't get a nicotine addiction from a USB stick, you fucking losers. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> nice. That's I good, love actually. the vaping memes where it's just like, it's a guy and his doctor. And it's like, any sexual activity? He's like, I vape. And he's like, well, I guess that's no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you seen the knows. vaping wedding photos that people do? No. Oh, people no. Like will do. Like puffing fat clouds? Yeah, like oh it, it'll be God. a synchronized, uh, whether it's the entire bridal party or bride and groom or whatever. That's and you're hilarious. Like, and they're, yeah, and then it's like, all right, guys, one, two, three. And it's like, and there's like 10 of them. And there is actually a... By one friend who's getting married, it popped up on my Facebook because someone made like a mod, like a yeah. collection of them because they're just so ridiculous. Yeah. And then there's ones where like people are like blowing smoke and they're walking through it or something like it. Yeah, I was gonna it's say there's probably else. some like pretty crazy ones. Oh though. yeah. Have you ever seen like vape tricks? Like some of the guy, it's I don't, it's the stupidest thing ever. But the one second that you see it, immediately afterwards, it's like yo-yoing where you see it and then right afterwards you're like, well that was cool, and then you never think about it again. Yeah, yeah. You're like. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't dedicate 40 and hours as a week much to time this, as you but, did. But, right. yeah. <laughs> but like, I bet there's like some cool wedding parties where like going from the outside in, everyone blew a smoke ring at like the right time oh, so, so that they like make steps on the way up to the bride and groom. <laughs> there's probably some cool I'm stuff sure like that out, out there. there. Submit there's those some... to us uh, if you find them. Yeah, <laughs> dude, places that, like do India and China, they have a billion people there. Those guys do stuff so quickly, like they learn how to do be good at stuff so fast. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my buddy were talking about that. That there's um, because 
we used to skateboard, and Rodney Mullen was like the biggest street skater. Okay, yeah, yeah. In I know that name. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, he invented like the Primo slide and like Casper flips and shit. He was awesome. Yeah. And now it's like all of the really good like street flatland skater, all these dudes who like grew up in China and stuff. And it's like, yeah, because there's just like a billion of them. So the competition is so fierce that you learn like so quickly. <laughs> it's like one guy does it, and then everyone else does it. Like the human nature of like the competitive human nature is yeah. insane yeah have you guys heard that thing about like the five minute mile oh like once once it was broken then the it, next year like now 30 it, people did it yeah like, people do and it all the time now it's down to like two minute mile is like a marker really like, or two and a half or something like that i think that's insane just yeah. so full sprint for three minutes something straight. like that where it no one thought the five minute mile was possible one guy did it yeah it's kind of your typical motivational youtube sort of video with some nice chariots of fire plane or something yeah. but they're like you know one and then once someone did the four minute mile everyone did it so it's yeah. kind of once someone realizes something's possible or once people realize yeah. it's possible it's like right? landing so. the 900 is not a big deal right now yeah yeah dude got a whole Which video game series yeah. named after him for landing it once yeah and then people <laughs> are like people are like all right well now you have to do like also a finger flip otherwise you're boring yeah <laughs> like, yeah, yeah exactly you do a 900 yeah. with a finger flip otherwise you're not even a pro hmm. <laughs> i feel like theo vaughn just had a good bit about tony hawk like Probably. on one of his podcasts theo i don't Vaughn's remember funny as hell. Yeah. yeah i like that guy he's good <laughs> yeah He's another. He knows a couple of my friends like personally, and like emails really? and shit. It's really cool to like oh, be sick. like that close to like. like they're not like good buddies, but it's but still like interesting. Professional to, like, acquaintances, yeah. friends, whatever you would say. Yeah, huh. that's awesome. It's cool. Sick. That's it's, awesome. That's a funny part of comedy. You meet weird like connects. The five think, degrees of Kevin Bacon of comedy, yeah. or whatever. Sort <laughs> yeah, of thing. yeah. I think it would definitely be a small world for sure. Oh, it's tiny. absolutely. Yeah. It's such a t- horrifically small industry. There's more Edmonton Oilers in Edmonton than there are professional stand-up comedians. Hmm. Hmm. There's hmm. less, pro- like, there's less than a hockey roster's worth of professional, professional. stand-up comedians. Yeah. Hmm. So, what defines professional in that business? Basically, just paying your taxes. Like, honestly, that's what it comes down to. <laughs> well, you know, like having more than to. Zero dollars. It's like if the tax man's gonna come right. after you for your money, you're a professional. You make enough to be taxed, I guess. Yeah, basically, it's like you have an agency that'll send you T four A's at the end of the year. Like you write all, you have tax write offs. You you know keep track of your income and right. Yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. It's like even if it's part time, you're still. I guess there might be a few part timers that I'm leaving out that are like they do get like, you know. Well, I mean, if you're paid to do something, you are technically technically professional, right? So, but yeah, kind of the idea where (laughs) we draw it is like. Yes, I kind of am also even on the cusp of it in that I just started to do headline shows. Like, I just did an hour-long set for the first time. Like, once I'd done it for the first time, basically, I was like, okay, well, I can now do this one hour of material. I'm going to record it this year, and that became my album. So oh, yeah? Like, okay, cool. I really Sick. only got paid to do a full hour. Like, the show was about me. I was the guy on the marquee for one full hour. Yeah. Last year was the first time I did that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd done huh. other shows where I was the guy on the marquee, but, you know, it's like a 45-minute, there's five right, other comics right. on or whatever. Right, you know, right, it's right. like a you're headlining yeah. the Thursday night before the real headliner comes gotcha. in for the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. I was actually going to ask, like, how, how much material you could do or have done or whatever but i guess that answers my question yeah it's what what, what do you typically do for um, as a local show and local shows like 
I don't know, where I'm at in my career. If and I'm for around, you specifically versus yeah. in general. If I'm around here, it's usually like a 10 to 20 minute set. Okay. Is yeah. what I'm doing. I'm either like headlining one of the amateur, well, most of the shows that I do are between like five and seven minutes because most of the shows anyone does are just amateur nights because yeah, you want yeah, to yeah. five, six nights a week if you can to just try and work on material stuff. and yeah. do mm-hmm. stuff. But yeah, whenever I'm like inviting people out and be like, hey, this is a show that I'm on, like I'm booked on this, it's usually doing middle spots at the clubs or headlining okay, yeah, one yeah, of the yeah. local nights. Like anything that I'm paid for around town mm-hmm. is usually yeah. about a Excuse 15 you. to 20 minute set. Yeah. And then... On the road right now where I'm at, I'm kind of at a balance of, especially with these corporate shows where you kind of have to restrict yourself and it really shrinks down your material. Yeah. I'm on the border of, if it's a shorter show, they want like an hour long show, I can do a 40 minute clean set that is good and like they'll be happy that they paid for the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then have a 20 minute opener and that's the show. Those seem like good numbers i guess attainable yeah. numbers i don't know for but most of the shows are about 90 minutes and the headliner has to do an hour mm-hmm. and they're like if mm-hmm. you want an hour of like clean material like i'm not your guy that's right. not like yeah. you're gonna have to go somewhere else mm-hmm. but if you want an hour long show at a comedy club or a bar or somewhere that's set out like a theater to mm-hmm. be a, a stand-up comedy performance and not like you know tonight's the party and our entertainment is a comedy show right right right, right. where yeah. you're the actual event yeah if i'm yeah, the event then you want show. an hour like i'm happy to come do that and i can do i've done an hour and 10 minutes is the longest i ever did but i ended up getting like wasted and rambling on about some stuff <laughs> 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 nice, but like nice. yeah 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 if i took the material that i like and like wouldn't mind doing and still currently have memorized and like ready to go i probably have like an hour 15 at tops that I would want to like nice. perform there. but yeah. Yeah. it's probably been three hours of material that I've burned through in like paid sets that were like in my act Shorter. and then I've gotten yeah, yeah. rid of gotcha. but they were there for like you know a huh. month or two weeks or whatever yeah. so how does the album work like do you just record it like this talking to a mic or do you do, <laughs> do you record it live yeah we rec- record it live the best way to do it and like the <laughs> terrible for comedy well just sitting there reading it and it's like well because a big part of comedy is audience reaction so it makes yeah. no sense for you to be like reading your audio book <laughs> a transcript of my jokes it's like but the, but if i say chinese people are slippery everyone loses their minds <laughs> yeah uh, no <laughs> yeah um the way i did it and like the way most people do it is um there's three mics um there's one that's directly off my input so it gets the voice nice and clear straight off that microphone that cord is split into its own track got it and then there's one track for a left ambient mic and one track for a right ambient mic yeah and so you get those to capture the audience and then they'll also capture the noise of you coming out of the stereos right mm-hmm. so the big huge hard part is editing it all so all these tracks line up, up so that they're the same your voice and the reaction is heard where it should yeah and then the reason they turn they have the left and the right side for the ambient audio is if some lady on the left is hacking up a lung every third second you can just turn that <laughs> mic way the hell down <laughs> yeah, so yeah. you don't get like 
Oh, whatever, punchline, punchline. And then some lady, like, ah, ha, 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 ha. You're like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. So it's funny. <laughs> if you listen to my album, so I did two recordings. And like, where, did, where did you do them? Uh, the ATB Arts Barn. Uh, Fringe Theater, just okay, off okay. White Ave there. So it was a show specific for yeah. you as well, right? Yeah, so, yeah that yeah. was booked as me as the headliner. And mm-hmm. uh, like adver- I did a bunch of Instagram ads and stuff. Yeah. And mm-hmm. It was Thanks. super fun. We sold, I think, almost 200 tickets. Oh, sick. That's yeah. a pretty good-sized room, actually. For Yeah, well, we did, it was two or, shows. Yeah, and I think, people. yeah, capacity was like 90. And we filled out the second show. And we half filled the first show, and then I had ten free tickets that I gave away to like super close friends and stuff. Nice, sweet. So yeah, we, I think that's we pretty did good. Actually, one hundred and seventy-five yeah. or something was like, nice. the official numbers. Yeah. But um, we recorded two different, the first show and the second show, and they were pretty similar. But I had like family and like childhood friends and stuff come to the first show, and uh, <laughs> you listen so, to the album. It's, uh, so the the hooker story's got axed on the first act. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I still did like pretty like like I went pretty far with it still. But yeah, that one there was like time constraints because I had to get the second show started. Whereas yeah. the second show was like, well, now I I yeah. rented this theater, so yeah. it's mine for the rest of the night. <laughs> you guys are in for a long night. Yeah. <laughs> so I could go for as long as I wanted. Yeah. And. Um, I also cut some of the jokes that, like, I didn't think fit. It was a weird... I really like the album and the way that it turned out, I think, is the best, like, narrative for it. But there's a story at the beginning that I did about going on the road. Mm-hmm. And it's about this place in Saskatchewan. Was it Estevan, Saskatchewan? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was Indian Head, but uh, good call that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's a fun story, and I like telling it, and it's like funny and it's clean but it takes up a lot of time it's like a 10 minute story yeah Mm. and the second show i knew the guys from the frat show had booked a lot of tickets to come to watch okay yeah yeah and so and then i also had some friends who were like dude i'm coming out which show should i come to and i was like come to the late show like come to the late show so i knew the late show was going to be rowdy and like whatever and so i was like i don't really want to tell a long clean story at the beginning Mm -hmm. so i told the story about indian head saskatchewan on the first show and that is cut and put, inserted, like, just into a part that I've made specific for it to fit into. Like, I put a segue that oh, could okay, okay. trick you. Could, yeah, And yeah. then also segue into the next joke out of that joke right. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Interesting. Well, because even if you're watching a Netflix special, are you not watching kind of an amalgamation of a few... You're not watching the whole thing. So yeah, because that is multiple camera shoots, which are yeah. So what they're doing is, if anything bombs or anything happens or whatever, they need to cut it. What you'll see is it'll cut to the audience and then back to the comedian, so it doesn't show him looking this way and then his head jump to the other side. Oh, okay. So it cuts to the audience so that they can cut out the audio and then cut back to a video and it doesn't look crazy because he's standing in a different position with no time right, passing. Right, right. Mm. So whenever huh. you see audience cuts or like cuts to anything else in a comedy special, that's yeah. something on edited. Yeah. Because huh. I know listening to various comedy podcast they talk about how they'll record their like the both fridays bro, both saturdays yeah. or whatever and that somehow 
whatever is the best yeah. one, I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah, so. well, that's the thing. Usually is like a lot of guys go to whichever one's the best one I'll mm-hmm. use, or they do what I did where they take bits from each one. <laughs> but it's funny because if you listen to the joke, the Indian Head Saskatchewan joke, there's a lady who has a really specific laugh, and she comes out to comedy shows all the time, and we, like, know her. Yeah. And you can hear her laugh in just that one story in, like, the whole album. Yeah. yeah. And, and then she just goes, uh, did that chick leave? Like, yeah, every time she just goes, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, yeah. And so it's a laugh like that, and you hear it in one story and not the rest of the album. <laughs> That's awesome. That's funny. Just do really good crowd work, and there, there's yeah. another twenty minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, there's some guys that throw down entire shows with the crowd work. And oh yeah, it. yeah. There's guys in Edmonton who like are crowd work. There's a dude specifically who lives in Edmonton who's like unbelievable at crowd work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two of them now, I guess. It's a dude named Adam Blank who's like somewhat newer, who's like so good at crowd work. Mm-hmm. Me and him did a Boston pizza in in uh, Dawson Creek. Yeah, like uh, last month in July, the Boston Pizza in Dawson Creek is a better comedy club than most comedy clubs that I've played. It <laughs> is unbelievable. Like aesthetically, it does not look anything like a comedy club. But right. management makes sure that all of the patrons know that there's a comedy club. There's no talking, no interrupting. Table service is quiet. Mm. Uh, it's dark. There's a spotlight. Wow. There's a decent wow. sound system. They pack it out. They like. Um, do food service and drink service during the show so no one has to get up and leave. That's like, awesome. It's wow. crazy. They do like a five-minute warning. They sell tickets in advance. There's like signage all over the place, like mm-hmm. comedy night wow. every Thursday. Wow. Huh. It's crazy. Um, if Funny Man Incorporated is the guys who run it. They're awesome. They're like my favorite people to work for. Hmm. Um, so Because at first when you hear, oh, we'll booked you a show at Boston Pizza. Yeah. <laughs> probably like, what, what the fuck? It was right? crazy, so. yeah. Funny Man Inc. Actually, yeah. Callback Entertainment. Those are the two agencies okay. that I work probably most for, and they're there. I like them a lot. Hmm. Um, but Funny Man books that one. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it was like this crazy show, and me and Adam were doing it, and it was funny because we were talking on the way up, and I really like writing jokes. I like like crafting and like d- using words specific ways to like mm-hmm. create emotion out of people. Like yeah. that's my favorite yeah. part of it. Yeah. Um, but he really likes doing crowd work. He loves just like riffing and getting to know the audience and like making fun of stuff and like bringing stuff around and like looping it all back together okay, and okay, yeah, like, yeah. picking things out and like making it like a team thing. Whereas right. I'm like, no, this is my performance and I want you to be the audience mm, yeah. and I'm going to like do this. And it's very different, but it was funny because we talked about that on the way up. Then we both went up, both did our thing, both did very well. On the way back, we were both just like, yeah, we're both doing right. We both should be doing the ones that we like doing. Like, we're both... Because mm. he's so good at that crowd work and just, like, keeping, like, any lull in the audience. He's just like, yeah, so what are you up to? And then can bring it around. Whereas I'm like, I... First of all, don't care what you're up to. Second of all, I'm probably not going to come up with anything too creative off the top of my head. Yeah. But <laughs> you give me a few days and I'll come back with a well-crafted joke about something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just ask some guy's name. And then say, your mother. <laughs> your mother. <laughs> Boom! I, I, I said that. There's a girl on Bumble who sent oh, me a no. message and she was like, where's your favorite spot to go for a drink in Edmonton? And I said, your mom's house. <laughs> Boom! And she has not answered. <laughs> Check back next week, maybe. <laughs> 
Uh, you could do some fucking test of you could probably material maybe on those test, dating yeah. apps. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. I my bio in one of them is a joke that I wrote like last week. I think I, yeah, I told it to you guys the show. Yeah, the one about how you can have sex with exclusively pregnant chicks sure. and you won't get anyone pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how's the reception? Going <laughs> so far, so good. Uh, I also wrote there's Bumble now. I just got back on them. I haven't met up with anyone. I also don't really plan to. I but I'm just like I think they're fun. It's fun to go on dating websites. It's mm. fun to swipe through and see who matches you and talk to people. Sure. But anyways, uh, I was on Bumble, and they give you prompts now. And it's like, the world would be a better place with more. And then I wrote... <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I wrote... Uh, this has got the most responses for sure. I wrote... Uh, Cannibalism. There's too many of us anyways. Plus, guess who just solved world hunger? You're welcome. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good. That's it's good. been well received. But you could, oh, you could test material all day long yeah. on those things. Or you'd probably just, like, do well on those. Honestly, if you're good at, like, thinking of stuff like that. Yeah. I, don't know. Well, I mean, it's it's intelligence, right? It's yeah. Like a, in a lot of ways. It's, yeah, it's social intelligence for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of really stupid comics who are funny as hell. Yeah. But that's, I. it's weird that comedy doesn't have genres. Everything else does, but comedy I, Yeah, I guess, not. I mean, there's sort of styles, like guys have different styles, if you will. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it's not like you have yeah. country, crowd work. Yeah. yeah, crowd yeah. work, storytelling, uh, fucking, I don't know. Yeah. What else? Yeah, yeah even that, like, them. yeah, people use those as, like, styles. Right. And, like... I think those are, like, probably the closest that we have to, like, genres. But even then, it's, like, it's not divided that way. You know what I mean? No one's, like, what kind of comedian are you going to see? There's, like, I'm going to see a comedian. Right. Right. Yes, yes. <clears throat> so it's, like, an interesting, weird thing that we have to deal with. Because, yeah, sometimes people will say stuff to me. Like, they're just literally, like, oh, so, like, do you just, like, riff a lot? I'm, like, no, like, that's not really my style. Or, like, people are, like... Oh, like any good comedian, like will come up with stuff like just while they're up there, like riff while they're up there. I'm like, not really, man. Like Bill Burr is very much a written, like long yeah, form. Sure. Doug Stanhope, George Carlin, Richard Pryor, like all these guys are like the most prolific stand-up comedians mm-hmm. yeah. ever, and they're like written long form, elaborate so, stories. Yeah, it's like callback, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Right, so. So who's your idol of all yeah, those guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not going to say that like you have your own style, so I'm not yeah. going to say whose style are you most like. No, but. Uh, Daniel Tosh is the guy that I idolize like most. Okay. In that he's probably my favorite stand-up comedian too, but I would never call him the best, which is weird to say. Mm-hmm. But like I, I don't understand. Think I've ever watched. You never watched Tosh by Obra? Uh, no. Oh, no, really? and I've never watched it. Like you... he has like hours, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah I've never post. watched that. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. His like Tosh Bueno's there's hilarious shit on there. Yeah. He's over huh. the top a lot of the time, yeah. which is great. I like, I, I love that shit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I he's definitely yeah. a certain style. Okay. Certain, yeah. people, certain yeah. people probably wouldn't yeah. appreciate it, but yeah, certain people don't believe me, <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of, it's like, it's funny cause people, this is a, a hip hop term for all you who aren't in the know. Uh, I bit his style. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah, yeah. The like biggest thing people ask, like people are like, so what do you do? And I'm like, I do shitty stuff. Like Tosh, that's mm. all I do. Because my, it's because oh, what he does, he, it's the most creative thing, and I love it. And it's like, I find it challenging and like fun to like do jokes, where you basically, if he starts off a joke 
like nice and like happy, it it's gonna have a horrific twisted <laughs> ending. Yeah. But if he starts it off and you can feel the audience tensing up, it's gonna be something stupid. Like the punchline's gonna be Campbell's soup. Like it's just gonna be <laughs> nonsense. Like it's gonna be nothing. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I've never even really thought about that. Because. And it's how I think it's the funniest way to do anything. Right. And it's how I've been like my whole life. A thing that I think is funny that has gotten me in trouble a lot in life is if someone like asks you for like a small favor to act like they're asking way too much of you and you're upset. Mm. Like if someone's like, hey, do you mind passing me that? You're like, you know what? I'm fucking sick of it, dude. (laughs) (laughs) And just like leaving the room. Yeah. (laughs) And people are like, what? But to me, it's funny because it's like so vastly the opposite of what should happen. Yeah. And so, like, that's what Tasha's jokes are. Like, there, it's the end of it is so vastly the opposite of what should be the end of that joke. Like, mm, it should. There's, but it makes sense. So that's mm. how I write, as you can tell by the joke that I've been yeah. repeating over and over again on this podcast. It goes from like this big political point to me talking about like wet Chinese guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he only has one joke for me. Yeah, for uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I hate. Okay, here's what's happening. I hate doing material on anything. Because you kind of use yeah. it. Right? Yeah, because so. I'm like, but it's my jokes, and I like them, and I want you to come see my shows, and I want to do them yeah. to your face and watch you laugh and meet you. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like, I don't want to do 11 to 12 minutes on this podcast and. You no, see me like, oh, I heard all this. Oh, that's yeah. the same shit. Yeah. That'd be a fucking shitty podcast. Yeah. Can't you even get a word in sideways? He's just doing his bit. <laughs> <laughs> to just us just sitting there laughing. <laughs> As you can tell with me, at least in the crowd on fucking, when was it Wednesday or whatever? Uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, yeah. I'm the best audience. I just laugh at fucking everyone. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was that one guy, uh, Leo, who I thought really killed it. Like, he's so funny. Yeah. But... Josh was in tears and I was just howling too, but we were laughing. I kind of stopped during it while he was doing it and we're just laughing so loud and other people were laughing, but we were just so (laughs) We love that so much as comedians. It's the weirdest thing that people like, even that you guys had that thought, isn't it weird that Mm. you noticed that you're like, Oh, we were laughing really loud. Yeah. yeah, you were at a comedy show. Yeah. And, like, also laughing really loud is, like, a joyful, nice thing. Like, you should be yeah. happy about that anytime unless it's a funeral. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Even then, man. Yeah, I guess. If someone's really killing the eulogy, you can get yeah, a chuckle you, or two. You know, right? So. <laughs> That's funny. So, uh, like, where, I mean, we'll give you a set time to plug yourself later, but, like, where do you get your album like is it on yeah it's on, or uh, yeah it's on spotify apple music oh okay um, yeah. oh nice wherever you can get like comedy at if you just search my name go to my website also comedyaf.com and there's links like right there to it nice there's a mobile website that's all user friendly i really teched it up i did my best to try and make it that'd be very easy comedy yeah, yeah. af as in my initials but also i'm comedy as fuck bro uh, <laughs> i was gonna say did you try to get fucking well, yeah. funny AF well, <laughs> yeah i did but it was unavailable yeah, that would be i was thinking about that today i was like i actually did because i noticed uh when you gave me your card that that was your website. I'm like, oh, I kind of see what he did there. I guess. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. It was. I thought it was clever. Well, um, <laughs> we appreciated it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so do a lot of. I guess a lot of comedians must put out albums still, right? Or is it more? Yeah, it's gotten really easy now, which kind of yeah, is good, but kind of sucks yeah. because like a well, lot of guys. Everyone has. Yeah. Well, now that it's easy, a lot of guys will just like, you can put like a mic on the collar of your shirt. 
and record your set like with a high quality oh, lav yeah. mic yeah, yeah, into yeah, yeah. like basically like H2 zooms or something like a mic like this that has a direct input for a microphone. Mm-hmm. You just put a mic in that, throw that in your back pocket, do a set, it'll pick up your voice, it'll pick up the audience's reaction. You can cut it and you can submit it to iTunes and there you go, you have an album. Yeah. But I had a three like recording shoot with, that I had professionals come in and bring their equipment and set it up yeah. and yeah. it was like edited and I put two shows together and like mm-hmm. promoted for them and did sure. it all. Yeah. yeah. And so you hear some and they're good, but there's like this like garbage audio quality and then yeah. there's some that are nice and like have audio quality. So it's kind of that point now where it's like, well, there's almost too much noise that my album is not even a big deal despite the fact that it took me seven years to write it and I like yeah. had practiced it like the week before a couple times had pra- like yeah. on stages had practiced yeah. it like for the months leading up to it yeah. did like my own promo and all that stuff so some people obviously can still get noise and they're produced by people but it's hard when you like made it independent you're like shit now like some other dude just dropped his last month and he just recorded it at a bar on a Tuesday. Yeah. But I mean, that's with everything too. There's the fucking SoundCloud rap. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, I mean, the, the current of the cross. Yeah. Podcast. Yeah. I mean, everybody has a fucking podcast yeah. these days, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the, the, the good stuff rises to the top, I think. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the time, but also a lot of the time it doesn't. Like, have you ever come across just some gem where you're like, how is this not? Oh yeah, for sure. Dude, yeah, certainly. Has like yeah. 5,000 listens on like yeah. YouTube and you're like, this is a fucking great song, man. Like yeah, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Me and my friend, I used to watch, do you know who Childish Gambino is? Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. So Donald Glover, whatever, when he was in college, had a sketch comedy group called Derek Comedy that their oh. stuff's available on YouTube. And there's a sketch called Bro Rape, where they, like, rape bros for, like, 11 minutes. But, like, not, like, actually, but, like, that's the premise of the yeah, thing. Is it's okay. A, it's Dateline NBC to catch a predator, but for guys who are raping bros. It's <laughs> what? super, super funny, but it's, like, crazy, like, across the line. Yeah. And yeah. Childish Gambino is in it. Yeah. And he plays a bro rapist. He's, like... Is like this dude who's like, oh, I like. He says the sentence. It was like an all-you-can-rape buffet, <laughs> and there's like sixty-five thousand views on it. Yeah. I'm like, how is this not oh, ruined this, not this man by net yet? Million. First of all, yeah, yeah. actually, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. honestly. So. And the other one, I'm not gonna say. I'm not. Go- how many times am I allowed to say the n-word on this podcast? Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 he has a sketch where he says the n-word. And then a very offensive word for homosexuals, back to back, like 11 times, like a whole bunch of times, like over and over and over again in different ways. Oh, boy. Like it's contextually fits. It's called The Spelling Bee. Go watch the sketch. It's hilarious. But again, also like it was not a like the amount of views that I thought it would have had. So it's like this weird thing so, where it's like how did cash me outside get famous as like a rapper yeah but like these weird childish gambino sketches that are first of all hilarious and second of all like right in the zeitgeist of the me too movement yeah are just somehow underdwelling like in the basement huh. it's <laughs> yeah, crazy yeah. and it what makes was it called me again? uh derek comedy like the name derek oh okay and then comedy like comedy yeah yeah okay. they have a yeah. bunch of sketches Can you spell that please <laughs> yeah <laughs> they have a ton of sketches but um bro rape and spelling bee are the two most ludicrous and also the funniest and mm. like 
the most interesting to watch under the context of It's Childish Gambino. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was weird for me because I got to watch the guy who did the bro rape video get famous. I got to watch him show up on like a comedy special. I saw his comedy special Weirdo before I saw anything else from him. And then he was okay. in... Um, community. Community, and then he got famous everything. as like a rapper. Yeah, he does a lot. He does everything. Yeah. And I watched him make bro rape. Like I <laughs> watched it get released in like 2006. Yeah. Like I was like wow. excited about. It. I was huh. like, "Ooh, Derek comedy is more sketches up." Yeah, <laughs> it's like huh. so That's crazy. Awesome. That's cool. It's the awesome. classic. Knew them before they were famous. Yeah, <laughs> sort of thing, really. So. But it was really funny that, like, that somehow stayed under. But it makes me feel, like, so unoptimistic for my album. Because I'm like, yo, if that thing can't get any attention and I love it, like, I love my album. But, like, how's that going to get any attention? Right. Yeah, I guess. Right. So. So it's hard, but I like what I did and I'm happy with it. And I'm glad that I have the tape and people have been listening to it. And I've made not, like, any kind of significant amount of money off of it. But... I broke even to record and publish an album, nice. which is good. And then yeah, from, like, the sales of the tickets, and there's some money coming in from the streaming sites yeah. and stuff. So. There you go. That's Probably awesome, man. even more about exposure at this point. Yeah. Too, right? Yeah, I was going to so, say. Yeah. It's all about marketing. Well, man. that's the thing. It's so easy now to be, like, just check out my album on Spotify. Like, that's the best marketing tool I could possibly have. Yeah. Like, if you liked me, there's more of me out there. Show your friends. Tell everyone. Mm-hmm. My yeah, website's yeah, yeah, yeah. easy Absolutely. to remember. Yeah, it's, yeah. The album is literally right the fuck there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the cover of it is so funny. People think it's young Michael Jackson all the time. <laughs> No. He's, he's going to pull, yeah, pull us up and we'll put some links in the show notes. So There you go. You get your show notes. But I got wasted at... Um, <laughs> who, who is that? It's yeah. my buddy Tyrell. <laughs> <laughs> I got wasted at um, Christmas. We did like uh, all the dudes that I grew up with. Well, our families like grew up in the same neighborhood. Yeah. And my family moved all over the place in the last few years. They're like everywhere. So I was basically by myself in Edmonton for Christmas. So like, well, everyone's coming, come do like the Christmas. We started looking through like old binders of like pictures of us as kids and shit doing the whole like nostalgic thing, but we were wasted. And uh, the posters that I had for my album were really cool. They looked, the album's called Talking Reckless and it looked like a, um, like a violation ticket like that you'd get from a cop like those okay. yellow yeah, yeah, violation yeah, yeah. things and uh, it had like time time date like all that stuff and there's all the info for the show and it mm-hmm. had like a bunch of cool yeah. like yeah. references so I was like that's sweet so I tried to get the graphic artist to cut it and put it as like an album cover and she did a great job but she sent it to me but I was like it's just not the same because it's not that like thin yeah. long strip yeah, yeah. like it doesn't loses it a little bit so I didn't know what the fuck to do, and I was, like, worried about it, because I was trying to, like, I was like, dude, I have I have to get this album out at some point. It's sure. been, yeah. like, a couple months already, and, like, oh, yeah. I, it was still being edited, and I had to get the album cover, and I was like, what do I do? And then I was all drunk at Hood Christmas, and I found this picture of Tyrell, and I was like, yo, this is my album cover for sure, because he was this, like, kid that we grew up, he was half black and he had this big afro so he was like this light skinned kid with this huge afro and we used to put like pens and like throw like berries into his hair he used to say he'd come out of class in like grade 9 and just shake his head and like erasers and like oh my stay, God. like it was a huge afro yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. a big 
big, big afro. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Oh. And so I found <laughs> this funny. picture of him wearing this look, red Lacoste shirt with a popped collar, like taking a selfie before we called them selfies. Before that was a thing. With yeah. this huge red afro. And I was like, yo, this is my album cover. And then uh, Kendrick Lamar has a... Um, what the fuck album is it? Mad City. Hmm. On the Mad City album, it's a Polaroid picture of him as a kid and he's a baby and the, he's the baby so the eyes aren't blacked out and then everyone else's eyes are blacked out to like protect their identity or whatever it's just like a cool kind of like hood fucking sure yeah, like yeah just a sweet don't snitch like thing and it looks like this old grainy Polaroid picture and I was like yo that looks really cool and then the blacked out thing so I got a graphic designer to kind of make it look like an old worn Polaroid and then I put Talking Reckless with his eyes all crossed out and I was like this actually looks really cool but now yeah. people are like What's that about? Who is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which also is kind of a cool thing because yeah. I have this sweet story about it. There you go. Awesome. That's good. That's, That's good. so dope, man. Yeah. yeah also, can, someone tried to be like, to uh, someone tried to be a dick on social media and they're like, wow, good idea. And then put Taylor Swift's 1989 because it looks like an old worn out Polaroid. And I just sent a picture of Kendrick. So I was like, close, but it was, I ripped this one off, you fucking idiot. <laughs> 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 Like, why are you why do people have to be negative all the time bro I just like I got my album cover designed and it looked cool I was proud of it why do you have to be mean internet <laughs> <sighs> you yeah. must have some pretty fucking thick skin then as a, as a comedian yeah yeah absolutely yeah I How, are you pretty good with hecklers, hecklers? you must get especially at smaller <laughs> shows I feel as though like my very brief experience going to them because you're less like distant to the comedian, if that makes sense. Yeah. People are more inclined sure. to do, or not yeah. inclined, more likely to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right? So. It's interesting. The small shows, when there's small shows like that, usually people who heckle are genuinely, like, trying to help the show. Like, that's their intent. Oh, okay. At yeah. the small yeah, yeah. shows, because no one wants to be the asshole ruining the show <laughs> when everyone can make eye contact with you. No yeah. one wants to be that guy. <laughs> yeah. So most of the time, like, they think they're encouraged like they're helping even the dude that we had on at the show yeah he came and talked to us earlier and he was a nice guy and like honestly I didn't care because whatever it was there was no one there yeah. but he was like trying to help he was like answering the questions that the comedians were yeah. saying yeah. and like trying yeah. to like relate to them and like yeah. be like no I'm here for you like that was his vibe right yeah. so I guess maybe people don't realize they're yeah most of the time people don't realize but when you're in big dark rooms and there's comedy clubs then people get balls yeah <laughs> Then people will shout shit out because there's 300 people in the room and they don't think you're going to know like who they are. And it gets so they'll shout shit like the only time I don't think I've ever had someone tell me I suck. I had someone tell me to go die once. Um, (laughs) All right. (laughs) But like when people try and like be clever or like diss you or like get one up on you, it's always like in a big room and it's dark and it's Mm -hmm. whatever. I saw that the one Instagram video you have of the education system yeah. or whatever, and there's a teacher and she's like going at it with you, yeah. and you're just destroying. Yeah, I mean, oh, these, I need, these people don't realize. I need to watch this. Yeah, yeah. you do. Like these people don't realize you're a fucking comedian for yeah. a living, right? So you're well, gonna take it and just destroy them. And the like, it's it, that like, this, I don't want to ruin comedy for everyone, but like that's a cheap trick. Like what I did there was just a cheap trick. Those were all the punchlines to the joke anyways. Right. Like, I was already going to make fun of teachers. Like, I was already about to do 
all of I was about that I had a bunch of shit anyways. that I was about to say to the point that I just said. Right. So if you're gonna yell out, I already have four examples lined up that I thought of last week. Like you're fucked. Like you're <laughs> there's no way you're gonna get through this. Like <laughs> you better be on your toes, otherwise I'm just gonna go through the four points that I already have lined up and you look like an idiot. Yeah, like, most definitely. Even if I'm wrong, which I am in the joke. <laughs> it's like, I point out at the end that I'm kidding. Yeah. It's yeah. like but it's just it's such a well better thought out argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like the it's so when that happens in a room like that, it's like this is so easy to shoot down hecklers. Or someone says something mean, and it if I'm if usually if you're a comedian who's gotten booked on a show where you're in a big room where it's dark and there's a spotlight on you, like you're pretty okay. So you're mm-hmm. usually doing all right. Yeah. yeah. So when someone heckles. At that point, especially with you guys have seen the way that I do comedy and you guys have listened to this podcast, I'll just be like, shut your fucking mouth, you idiot. I'm doing a show. And then like, <laughs> people will be like, ah! <laughs> That's good. So That's actually good. Yeah. I, uh, did you go to Joe Rogan while he was here? No, I didn't. Uh, I he, unfortunately uh, don't get to watch a lot of comedy because you. I guess you're do doing it. it every night, but at the same time they are. Yeah. <laughs> so there's um, exceptions. I've seen yeah. Bill Burr like five times and oh, yeah. Tosh three times, but yeah. mm-hmm. Bill Burr is good. Anyways, I don't know Joe Rogan. I felt like he uh, he definitely had a plan for what he was going to say, but he didn't have a lot of pauses in his sets, and then he sort of paused at one point, knowing people are going to yep and yell and stuff, and then he he actually like played it. I don't know. It was really well. I don't yeah. really want to repeat it because he said it's. Oh, it was so good. But uh, also, I get like so when I'm at a comedy show and someone's like yelling, trying to interact. I'm just like I'm like embarrassed for them, especially a big show like that where it's Joe Rogan. There's like two thousand people yeah. at the River Cree, and there's got like guys will blurt something out, but then kind of keep going because he'll like egg them on, but make them look stupid. Yeah, and you're like. My skin like crawls when I see yeah. that. I'm like, dude, what what are you doing? <laughs> right? It's so I that's the one like I'm not good at that when there's like confrontation and yeah. I can't just be like shut up like when I actually have to because at that point I can get frustrated and like I stop trying to be funny. I'm like, no, no, let's go, let's have the gun. Tell me, tell me what's so important right now. Yeah, yeah. I had to show this was. Saturday night, no, Wednesday, I think after the show you guys came to. Yeah. Went to another show, and I wrote a joke while we were at that show, and then I went to a a late night open mic night, and I was like, well, I'll see if the joke works, because it was stupid, but it was the day that Aaliyah died, and uh, Aaliyah, who is so... R. Kelly's... R. Kelly's ex-wife, well, widowed wife, I don't know if they're together when she died, but... Anyways, she was 15 years old when R. Kelly married her and she died 18 years ago which means that if she was born the day she died R. Kelly would have fucked her in 2016. <laughs> That's the whole joke. Like, right, it's, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And this dude just went, That's offensive. Oh, no. And I was like, What? <laughs> and he was just like, That's offensive. I was like, How? As an R. Kelly fan. <laughs> well, and the other thing was, it was a room full of people who didn't look like they knew who Aaliyah was. You interpret that how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, does anyone here know who Aaliyah is? One comedian raised his hand, and that guy. So I told the joke, and then he was like, that's offensive. And I was like, you're the only person in this room who should have gotten that joke. Like, you're the yeah. only one who shouldn't have 
been like not in the know at this point. Like, <laughs> why are you the one? And he's like, it's offensive. And I was like, well, how's it offensive? I'm saying what did happen. And I was like, it's a math joke, if anything. Yeah. And he, <laughs> <laughs> and he was just like, how, well, how old was he? I was like, He's a full-grown man. That's the point. (laughs) But then it was like this awkward, because I had just had this weird conversation about how R. Kelly's a statutory rapist with this guy who had, like, found it offensive to point it out. Oh, God. And so I was like, well, now... And he's also a comedian, though? Yes and no. Okay. He had done a set that night. Yeah, he was there to... And then he came up to me after the show and tried to, like, shake my hand and say what's up. And I was like, dude, don't ever interrupt another comedian's set ever again. That's super, like, super, like, disrespectful to the other comics, first of all. Mm -hmm. Which is, if you're not a comedian, fine. But, like, you went up. And second of all, you didn't have a good point. You literally just, like, fucked up the show. That's all you did was ruin my set. Like, because then it was awkward after we talked. And I had to, like pretend like I wasn't just arguing with you and tell jokes to people like yeah 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 what a stupid no, I get, thing to do I get you idiot especially and, where he should know yeah right? you were or, on stage or, like 15 yeah. minutes ago like yeah <laughs> like he would probably hate that too if someone did that right so yeah yeah well, it was just stupid and I was like did you think you were like helping like there's the one guy who played on Wednesday who's actually been banned from a couple clubs in yeah, for being too offensive. Yeah. And what is your take on that? Because I feel like comedy, anything is fair game. Yeah. Well, the places that he's been... Here's how I feel. The places that he's been banned from um, are places where you should go knowing that you can't say those kinds of jokes. Okay. So right. I get okay. it from their perspective in that if you come here, you should understand this is the kind of place that it whatever. is. Yeah, yeah this yeah, is our yeah. clientele. This that being demo. said, I also got in a lot of trouble there for making jokes. But in my defense, <laughs> I had done the jokes. One of them that they specifically told me I was in trouble for, I had done the like two weeks prior and got in like an applause break for it. Like they loved it Mm -hmm. because the actual point of the joke is actually very progressive. I just do a character in the joke where I pretend to be an old racist business owner and I go, uh, (laughs) I go, uh, somebody find me a Negro boy. Oh no. So they (laughs) got very mad at that sentence and I'm like, Yes, I was playing the character of the horrific evil villain who is owning the business company. Like, of course that's bad to say. Like, that was the whole point. Like, how am I getting in trouble for this? And they're like, you said the word Negro. And I was like, well, you can say the word Negro. Don't tell them that's Spanish. What black is in Spanish, bro? Yeah, I know. (laughs) So, it was... So, in their defense he should be banned from their room because that's the kind of room that you shouldn't go to and say offensive jokes in. Sure. But in his defense, they also find shit offensive that is not even close to being offensive. Right. It's just like they want to be mad at some shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Huh. it's like hmm. they're both dumb is right. what I think. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> both sides are wrong. <laughs> yeah, and I was also probably wrong that night, but it, I don't think that I said anything that was egregious. 
I just didn't have a good set. And then after about 10 minutes and a couple of people yelling at me, I went, okay, fine. You want rape jokes? I'll tell you a rape joke. <laughs> and so that one I got in trouble for. But then I, when they yelled at me for that, I was like, dude, fuck you guys. Like, yeah. dude, like, what was I supposed to do? Just let the audience keep like acting like as a horrible person for saying the word Negro as a carrot? Like, yeah, if you're going to get right. mad about that, yeah. I'm going to give you a joke that you're allowed to be mad about, but also is still a joke. So you actually aren't even allowed to be mad about that yeah hmm. yeah i feel that so many people are like a lot of these i mean like chris D'Elia, for example he talks about how he wouldn't play universities most of the time because of yeah. running into situations dude, like jerry seinfeld, seinfeld said that yeah seinfeld yeah. said that dude, too, John, yeah. jerry seinfeld's act is what is the deal with five hour energy yeah how yeah. is that he, too? Who? jerry seinfeld's all about clean comedy like no swearing and stuff right? i can't so, believe yeah. that he act which like but i also the crazy thing is i know why because i've played those shows and i'm like oh yeah you just say things that aren't even offensive but if you mention that someone's another race or of a sexual orientation or you dude there's jokes where i play the idiot that's the point of the joke mm-hmm. is I, my character is the dumb idiot that's asking this is one of the other ones i got in trouble there Mike, this was the joke. The character that I'm playing, the dumb idiot, is like, listen, I think transgender is totally fine. I agree with it, but I have a few questions because I just don't know what's going on. All right? right. So once a transgender dude has become a, a woman, so is now a trans woman, his dick is now his vagina, and there's a trans man, a woman, or trans man, who is now a, a man. So her vagina is her penis. I was like, if they were to have sex with each other, would the woman be like, oh my God, uh, and like come right away? Or like, does it change sensitivity? Like how? Because it's still his penis. There's a biological difference. <laughs> it's stupid. It's yeah, a dumb yeah. pointless joke that's about nothing. Yeah. But it's a good question, I think. Because, <laughs> like, does premature ejaculation just go away when you, like, get a sex change? Transition, or, like, yeah. Because you would still have the same, like, receptors, I'd yeah, imagine. Like, you'd I still so. have the same, yeah. like, pleasure receptors in your genitals, I'd imagine. <laughs> Which means, can you... The punchline to the joke is... Uh, if science figured out multiple male orgasms, I think we're done. <laughs> I think we're done. Because <laughs> if you're a woman who now has a penis, you're a man who can have multiple orgasms. Yeah. Like if science figured out the male multiple <laughs> orgasm, I think yeah. we're done. Yeah. yeah. And that's a joke that I got in trouble for because I was talking about trans people as if I didn't understand them, which I don't. And they're like, you're ignorant. I'm like, yeah, dude, that's the whole idea Yeah. is the ignorance to the situation. But also, like, answer my question. I'm curious. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think comedy uh, should be fair yeah. game for pretty much anything. That's, That's what exactly. comedy is in and <laughs> yeah. of itself. Is like well, you're it's, taking, you're making fun of the world, dark situations too. Oh, right? yeah. Like that's what it is. Yeah, and I mean, there's situations we have to go into understanding the show. Like I said, there's corporate shows where I see people in gowns, and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do shit jokes today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, there's places like when I went to that bar, I would specifically try to not do any of the material that I knew was going to push. Get flagged in by the, them. Well. Basically, it's a very leftist society. Like, they're very left-wing. And so any of my jokes that end on me having, like, a right-leaning opinion, I I just avoided doing them. Mm -hmm. But anything that I thought ended with a left-leaning opinion, no matter the context of it, they'd be fine with. So Mm -hmm. I did this thing where I'm saying I accept transgendered people. I believe they're awesome. I think they're great. And I want to know more about them. Tell me how their dicks work. It's (laughs) 
I was like, it's funny. I think yeah, it's yeah, funny yeah, yeah. and yeah. left leaning, so I thought it would be fine, but I got in trouble for it anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you have to be smart enough to like also read the room and understand where you are in that context. So yeah. yes, everything's fair game for comedy if you're releasing a comedy special, but if you're going into the gun owner society of America, <laughs> yeah. maybe don't do a whole bunch of abortion jokes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Or read the room a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah fair for enough, sure. for sure. So... I don't know. Read the room, but also I should take my own advice sometimes. You know? <laughs> we, we all don't, man. Oh, yeah. Do as I say, not what I do, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 100%. So, what, uh, so tell us about your previous podcasting experience the and or your new one. Previous and current? And transition cool. into the new one as yeah. well. Uh, well the old Is your old one still out there? I'm no. Assuming? Or did you take it down? Uh, I took it down. Well, we were hosted by Podbean, and when I stopped sending the money, they took it off the internet. Ah, uh, shit. So, turns out you can get shit taken off the internet. Just stop paying rich people. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure, yeah, it's out there in some facet somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, uh, which is probably bad for me in the long run, but who cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that one was really fun. It came about as, like, a, it kind of came out about like how comedy did for me where it was just like I actually only did it because I wanted to like there was no goals or like reason to Mm -hmm. do it or anything yeah I was just I saw Joe Rogan and Bill Burr doing it and then I saw a couple local ones pop up and then I had some friends who had ran them and I was like well I'm a comedian I can Mm -hmm. have other comedians on and we can have conversations and yeah sure it started out as just like a for fun yeah. thing entertain people in a different way yeah right? and so. learn learn a new skill and the yeah. biggest thing for me was like I just want to talk about ideas that I have in my head and see if any of them are funny and they might be bits later that mm-hmm. was the whole yeah, yeah. motivation behind it mm-hmm. and then my dude who was like my best friend at the time I always feel weird like as an adult saying best friend cause like I have a best friend from my childhood who's been like my best friend forever yeah then yeah yeah he was the dude that I was hanging out the most with and we'd, you know, write material together and we'd started little writing groups and done a couple sketches together and when yeah. I was doing stand-up, we started yeah. around the same time, we'd go on the road together, so he was essentially my best friend at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it is a weird, <laughs> it is kind of weird as an adult to say, oh, my best friend, Josh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're not my best friend anymore. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, you're it's, just my like, friend. Yeah, you are downgraded me. one notch on the <laughs> Right, but yeah. yeah, you're my bestest best friend. Yeah. Right. But yeah, he's definitely one of my closest friends, yeah. and so we, uh, he came on one podcast, and I was like, "All right, you're the co-host now," and he just obliged, and we started getting guests and having people over, and it started being really fun. And we, I started it with the sole purpose of keeping expectations low. Yeah. So I. Called it the worst podcast ever. I openly said that I would never edit anything. I ended up doing that because people asked me to take certain things out. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but I never edited for, like, quality purposes or right, right. for any reason other than to, like, here's our cold open. Yeah. Here's the conversation we had. They asked me to take out these, like, two minutes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or like enough, sound quality if there's like it was a screeching in the middle of it I'd obviously yeah. fix that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I kept expectations low and it really like organically I don't even know how well I know that my ex-girlfriend gave us a ton of listenership and then yeah. 
<laughs> from that, turns out once you get momentum, you can just pretty easy to keep it. Yeah. Once you have the ball rolling, yeah, you're usually pretty good. Hmm. So we just kept putting out content in our. So you're saying there's a chance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's absolutely a chance. <laughs> We kept putting out content. Some of it was good and some of it wasn't good, and our yeah. listeners would let us know. Yeah. We would, no one told us, but we yeah. would see episodes that sucked. Oh, you see, Woo-wee. you tell by the listens and stuff pretty pretty quick, I guess, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, well, and especially once you start getting, like, a three-year sample size and you see your trends right. and yeah, what yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, huh. usually when we have... Because we ended up having episodes where it was just the two of us and then just guests. So you see, okay, well, the two of us episodes usually get a little bit less hype mm-hmm. because yeah. obviously everyone's familiar with us. Well, it's and also only you're like a pull from yeah. wherever those Whoever's people. fan base or circle only, or whatever you want to say. It's only just, two people promoting. It's, it's just your sphere versus yeah. Yeah. yours as well. an right? additional person. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. And then we made like a little, this is another trick if you guys want to use, making series is like a very good little trick to get things okay i just had three people that were from the yukon and i was doing shows in the yukon so i made like a three episode just dropped them all at once called like the yukon series and like i referenced the episodes in the episodes like and you can reference the guys because they know each other or whatever and so it makes like a little package Mm -hmm. thing so we would figure out how much those well i would (laughs) figure out how much those get and how much like Episodes get with interviews and stuff like that, and you can see your trends and what happens. Yeah, and then yeah. you just see a show that you're like, well, we usually have comedians on and it does pretty well, and we had this comedian on and there was no one who fucking listened, so there, you, <laughs> that was not a good episode, I guess. Maybe yeah. we had too many beers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's cool. It's a, it's interesting too, even because uh, I mean we're pretty new to the game still, relatively speaking, right? And yeah, but it is interesting to see you you have. A, sometimes the guest, you have you talk about nothing you thought you would sort of thing, in a good way, right? Yeah. And some episodes you think, you're like, fuck yeah, we got this guy on. Bomb. And then yeah. some inconspicuous person, like, for whatever reason, it just Gets, does really well, yeah, has some really good... Views, yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Well, and yeah. it's interesting, famous people's podcasts are kind of that way, too. Like, when I watch Joe Rogan, I try and watch kind of whatever, because mm-hmm. sometimes I'll be like, oh my god, I love this comedian. Like, Chris D'Elia's episode really didn't interest me much, because they were just, like, talking about, like... One of his recent ones, like, Chris D'Elia and Joe Rogan, they talked about MMA a whole bunch, and I'm kind of like, yeah. I want to hear you guys talk, like... No. Yeah, right? yeah so, so it's one of those, but no. sometimes I'll just listen to a random episode of Rogan and he'll have like some Bachelor of Science on with like a computer degree. And yeah. He'll yeah. like have whatever, like two tech companies that he owns and he'll talk a little bit about technology, but he turns out to be like a huge comedy fan and like a hunter, so they go off yeah, yeah, about yeah. that, and I'm like, well, this is crazy interesting. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So the unpredictableness of podcasts is also part of the fun of it, I think. I think so. And the way the conversation builds and stuff too, right? So. Yeah. The whole long form. Yeah. It's, it's social interaction, really. Yeah. You, you actually get into a room with somebody and talk about whatever the fuck you're going to talk about. And yeah. Well, I'm Bernie Sanders, and there was another chick who were both on Rogan recently, and both had mentioned that. Bernie mentioned that, like, the debates are just, like, forced sound bites. That's all you're trying to do. 100%. And that's why yeah. 
everyone, everything that everyone's ever seen of Bernie Sanders, he looks like one of those dogs with the big jowls. Yeah, flapping around. yeah. I'll be like, blah, 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 the income gap between the rich and the one percent. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, yeah. 100%. He, but you know, and he, like, it gives you a good opportunity to listen to someone who you maybe wouldn't regularly, and listen to someone's different opinions, and you realize they're a human being as well. Bernie well, I, Sanders specifically, you're like, okay, well, like, he's clearly a, a very intelligent person. It's interesting to hear yeah. him talk so calmly at a normal yeah. conversational <laughs> level and not be like, the big, big breakup, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but... It's cool. Well, and he gets to... He talks about, like, basically political discourse is being just, like, ruined by short form interview like and what is happening with right the way we kind of do politics especially in america and that like mm-hmm. he doesn't have a chance to f- flesh out his ideas on like yeah. the socioeconomic like w- discrepancies between the middle class and the lower class yeah, in like yeah. the southern states how is mm-hmm. he supposed to get through yeah, that question that you just asked him in 75 seconds yeah, yeah it's yeah. the it's the cnn interviews with Three talking heads yelling over each other and be like, "All right, that's enough for today." Commercial break, right? And you're like, well, that's "How are you supposed yeah. to learn anything?" I don't think right? anybody trusts the media for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. because that's exactly what they do, right? So. Yeah, it's and like you said, it's interesting. I do sincerely like listening to people on, I'm not really on either end of any political spectrum. I don't think, but I lean left on social issues and right on financial issues. Is kind of Google gobble. Well, one, one of, of us. us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I it's, think that's. Pretty similar. Yeah. And we're, I think we're a gigantic demographic that is being entirely ignored by every political system in the world. Yeah, but, I'd say so. Um, Centrists. Yeah. People yeah. that are actually rational. Yeah. Like, or, <laughs> and even to that point, kind of acknowledging, like, li- listen, having the gods to listen to someone or maybe looking at your party or whatever and, and being like, you know what, I disagree on this specific item of your platform but agree with these other ones or whatever right well the willingness to do that is so lost in like the weird binary political even like in Canada in Canada we don't have a binary system in air quotes but it's like you're still playing that left right tennis match this box is my box and this box is the other box and everyone in this box is evil and everyone in this box is good and there is no cross reference between these two boxes, right? Well, it's tribal, yeah. right? Yeah, so yeah. It's like so. my my team has to be right about everything, and yeah. your team yeah. has to be wrong about everything. When so. Even some of those like the horrific, like horrible policies that are trying to be pushed through. If you like get into them, there's parts of it that either a you can be like, oh shit, I'm gonna steal that and apply that to my like next bill. Yeah. Yeah. Or like whatever your opinion is, or b like there could be part of it in there where like that's actually a good point that I had never thought of mm-hmm. and we need to find a workaround for that. Yeah. The rest of your bill is trash, but like that that one point is actually very reasonable. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like even stuff with like that stupid LGBTQ, um, the premier wanted to ban like the coalitions for like students. Oh, for students. Which is an insane, school. crazy thing to yeah. even yeah. propose. Like, yeah. why would you not let them do that? Mm-hmm. I'm sure if you really filter like hard into that, he probably does make a point somewhere about yeah. like, 
bullying or something like there is yeah. some concern what, that what, came from a parent that got that bill to start going exactly. in some direction yeah. that is an issue that we could probably improve on it somewhere mm-hmm. but to just be like nah fuck this guy I want him out is yeah. like well now we're not doing yeah. anything you're just doing what they did last year yeah yeah no that yeah and that's that's one bill where it's something because sometimes there's like a one underlying thing where you're like oh I understand where they got that from right and that specific yes. one is actually the underlying argument there is <laughs> And I'm not making a statement on this bill either way, but the underlying argument is uh, there's a thing called parental rights where your parents yes. do have rights and control over you until your age majority. Yes. And that's where that's kind of the foundation yeah, that's the one, blocks for that yeah, argument. Right? And that so. issue is bringing that problem to life. Yeah. It's like, this is the wrong bill, but we kind of should shine a light on that actually i think that's something mm-hmm. we don't talk about especially in the digital era yeah. and what's happening in schools and i remember even when i was a kid like yeah. some kids didn't weren't allowed in science 30 i went to a catholic school some <laughs> kids weren't allowed in bio 30 because their parents were religious and didn't want them learning about like dicks and sperm and stuff <laughs> there was you know there was it was only like ever a microcosm or a couple kids but we also went to catholic school and there were certain things where or so or uh uh, if we ever did yoga as a gym unit, yeah. so because yoga is like new age spirits, yeah, blah, blah, Buddhist blah. Or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. certain kids weren't allowed to do the yoga unit. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. It's super I don't interesting. I remember that, but yeah. No, that, <laughs> Again, it wasn't, make sense, it's sure. not like it was 25% of the kids set up. No. Yeah, it was like, there was right a there. guy that one year. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah but, so. but yeah, it's like, that's an issue that maybe we do need to take some looking at mm-hmm. because obviously it's coming yeah. to light because it's yeah. made its way to legislation like there's yeah. a big enough group of people that yeah. want to talk about it mm-hmm. right. so the way we're doing it by trying to pass a bill that says like gay kids shouldn't have a safe space if they're getting bullied is fucked but yeah. like yeah. that issue might be something we have to target and shutting down and lo- not listening to the other side is not yeah. the way to do that yeah putting our fingers in our ears and going like you're a Nazi you're a Nazi yeah 100% like alright also fuck Nazis but like don't call people them if they're not yeah I don't think there's too many of those. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think there's many <laughs> of those Hopefully. legitimately out there, as far as I can tell. So, yeah. but yeah, yeah, man. Cool. How long have we been podcasting? Uh, hour forty. Are we? Should nope. we wrap this up? It's up to you guys. I, mean, I love talking as long as you guys yeah. want me here. I'm oh yeah, good. no, I just, we're we're good to go, man. Cool. Like we're. Yeah. I got nowhere to be. It's I might need a little more I was going to ask you once more. Do we want to take a... Yeah, let's pause it. Let's take, take a, a 10. Yeah. I noticed uh, I had a client and her brother came to a viewing and I noticed he talked like that. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit, dude. Like, that's tough. It's like That sucks. People, think people would think you're stupid. I think they're stupid. Like, when I hear it, I think they're dumb. And then I have <laughs> yeah. to, like, tell myself that I don't. No, like, no. I have to be like, no, no, no. Their brain can function in every other way normally. Yeah. Like, they just sound like they can't speak well. Right. So, like, it's hard <laughs> to, like, <laughs> it's hard to think they're as smart as you when you're like, you can't even fucking talk. <laughs> but they are. Yeah. But it's hard to, like, get your brain past it. Yeah. Oh man, that last bit could be taken so. <laughs> I could piece that with something you said earlier. The Asian, anything about Asians earlier? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're stupid because they don't talk like us. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, dude. How come you went to Louis? Was that just a part of town you lived in? Uh, sort of, yeah. Long ass story for all of it, but um, yeah. I went to. 
French school. My dad's Quebecois, oh, okay. yeah. so I went to French school. Oh, that's and not just part of the bit? No, 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 yeah, he <laughs> for real is like a very tiny Frenchman. Yeah. Um, he's awesome, I love him. Yeah. Uh, and so I went to French school, and then in grade eight, my brother went into high school and he switched to English school and I was like I want to switch to English school yeah and my mom was like you can in high school and I was like it's one year early like just let me switch next year and then she was like if you get honors you can switch so I was like fine so then I got honors and I switched schools and then in grade nine I started dating this girl I dated her forever and then grade 10 I switched to Ainley to play football because they didn't have a football team at Louis so the reason I went to Louis was because my best friend who lived in my neighborhood that's where he went so when I went to English school I was going to go there and it was in the same parking lot at Ainley where I wanted to play football so I went across the road to Ainley and I'd still been dating the same girl who went to Louis and my best friend went to Louis and my other friend went to Louis and no one, there was eight kids that went from Louis to Ainley, and I didn't really like any of them that much. There was a couple guys that were cool, but we were, like, tight. And then everyone else in Ainley came from, like, a junior high, so they all had, like, 40 people that they, like, came yeah, from school yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, So I didn't know anyone, and I was... That was grade 12, you switched No, uh, grade 10. Okay, okay, okay. So I'd left my French school to go to Louis, and then went to... Ainley for the beginning of grade 10 gotcha. to play football gotcha. and I was excited gotcha. to go to this football school and then um, I hated it because I didn't have any friends and like my girlfriend went to the other school so like she would walk over in the mornings and like we would just like hang out kind of like the two of us in like the middle of the school and like so I had <laughs> friends on the lot between them yeah like yeah, like, it was super weird. She would get she'd get in trouble for coming to Ainley. Yeah, it was a really fucked up time. I don't know if you guys had this rule, but you weren't allowed to have cell phones in the hallways. Our teachers would take your cell phone out of your hand if they saw it out of your pocket inside the school. I think we did we were you know we were on. It's it more funny. so like in class. It's fun. We were yeah. on. I mean, you're only a year ahead of us, but <laughs> felt yeah. like our. Maybe it was our school, or maybe just generally, generationally, as things change. But we were slightly more progressive at our school, where it was, yeah. you know, in the in the hallways and stuff. You could usually yeah, Louis have was them. good for that, but Ainley for oh, some really? reason was like but, this. Yeah, but not prison. in the classroom. Yeah, yeah. Ainley was legitimately a prison. I think it like Ainley made me hate school. Yeah. Going to Ainley like really, really did. There's no windows in it, so that's fucked. <laughs> it's, <laughs> These children don't need daylight. It was made as a bomb shelter in, like, the Second World War. Like, it, that's what it was originally as. It was a high school, but it doubled as if the war came over, oh, that's where okay. everyone went. Yeah. So there <laughs> was no windows. It's, like, this crazy thing. So in wintertime, you don't see the sunlight because you get dropped off at 8 in the morning. Oh and then you get Lord. out at 4 yeah. in the afternoon. Yeah. And yeah. so you don't – there was no sunlight. So I was, like, sad all the time I was like getting fat I had no friends like it was horrible <laughs> I'm laughing but why are you laughing at your misfortune <laughs> I injured my spine in grade 10 playing football and oh. like it went like I still don't actually have a diagnosis of what the hell happened and like have effects from it but I don't know what it got misdiagnosed he was like oh it's a shoulder stinger because I couldn't feel my my two my index my ring finger and my middle finger on my right hand kind of got like tingly and numb yeah, and it like yeah. shot down my shoulder yeah and he's like oh that's a shoulder stinger and i was like okay and then 
I was like, whatever, went back to practice, made another tackle, and then was like screaming on the ground, like in pain. Mm-hmm. And it was like down my neck and like into my shoulder, like through down my elbow into my two fingers. Shit. And I went to the doctor and I talked to like a sports therapist or something. Okay. And I was like, I think I slipped a disc in my spine. And the doctor was like, okay, look to the left. I was like, all right. He's like, look to the right. It's like, all right. And he's like, look up. And I was like, these two fingers just went numb. And he was like, we're going to get you an x-ray right now. And so what we think happened was the disc between my vertebrae slipped and the vertebrae pinched like a nerve cluster. Yep. Yep. That sounds about right. And so that's what, so when I would lean my head up, it would move the two vertebrae closer and and squeeze the nerve cluster. Oh, wow. But... I don't. I still don't know what happened. It was a really weird injury where my arm got like pulled and my neck snapped back and yeah. like all like Ugh. a bunch of stuff at one time. So I thought my shoulder was dislocated and my coach was like, "You're being a pussy. It's a stinger." And then yeah. my spine hurt. And my fingers were going numb and I was like, "What the fuck?" So I went and got X-rays and then the X-ray text was like, "We'll send them to your doctor if anything's weird." They never got back to me. Never did anything. So mm-hmm. I went to physio for like two weeks and then. Now, if I get hit really hard from the right or from the left side, my right arm goes numb. It's, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like just really fucked up. But like, it's never been a problem other than that in life. Like, I can lift weights and go for runs. I did yeah. obstacle. Like, I ran three tough mutters. Like, yeah. I played football. But if I like got hit right, I'd be like, oh, that hurts a lot, and I'm really scared that my spine's gonna snap and be paralyzed. Oh boy. Jeez. So, <laughs> so yeah. I've been looking to going to like physio and like going back to a doctor to get it checked out again because it yeah. has been bugging me again lately. Yeah. yeah. What position? I played a whole bunch of stuff because, like I said, I got fat and sad in grade 10, so I ended up switching from defensive back to, to, to O-line. From wide receiver I went from, I, when I tried out my very first year, I tried out as a corner, and they moved me to defensive halfback, which is the Canadian position for strong safety, basically, if you're not familiar. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's like in between a linebacker and a cornerback. It's like kind of fast, but also can hit, has yeah, to stop the yeah. run, gotcha. but helps cover receivers. Yeah. Um, so I played there for three years or something like that. And then I got moved to defensive end because I really liked hitting people and I was getting chunky. And then in grade, in grade 12, I was like 215 pounds and I was playing O-line and D-line, like both ways, having a hell of a time, just smashing kids and being chunky. <laughs> sounds like, sounds and then like a uh, I lost the weight and I made the Wildcats as a defensive back, but then they told me that it was our... They told me before, but I kind of realized that it was a six-week commit, six-day-a-week commitment, right. and I wasn't going back to school because I didn't get into cop school because I got in trouble for a prank. <laughs> I wanted to be a cop, and we pranked our school, so they reported us for vandalism, and then like never pressed charges. But it came up in a background check, and they wouldn't let me apply for school at Grand Mac. Oh, whole other story. Shitty. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't, uh, so I couldn't go. I basically wasn't going back to school because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then I was going to play football, but I had to work because my parents were like, well, if you're not going to school, you have to pay at least work full time or pay rent or save up or do something. Sure. So I was like, well, I can't play football six days a week and like work. So I ended up coaching at Holy Trinity, which is where I played. So I coached for a couple of years there and like 
ended up playing in a men's league at defensive back when I was like 23. So I played DB, got fat, lost all the weight, got fast again, went back, played one more year as a DB. And like probably had the biggest hit of my whole career as in my last game. And then I quit because my fucking arm went numb again. And I was oh, like, fuck. you know what? I'm not. <laughs> not worth it. Yeah, yeah. But I my God, it. did I light that guy up. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Going on a high note. Yeah, yeah. Call it. Did okay, you? Well, I played the rest of the game and we got roasted and like he was a much better player than me, but he got thrown one bad pass and was like standing waiting for it and I just like teed off. Just killed him. Just teed off and then talked so much shit. Just <laughs> yelled at the quarterback as I walked back to the huddle how bad his throw was and how he should get his buddy a stretcher and he owes him beers later and I hope he has a concussion. Yikes. <laughs> if his you, nose uh, starts to bleed, get him to a hospital. Did you, uh, <laughs> did you listen to... Josh's episode at all on our show or anything? No, no? I... Oh, uh, I was going to say, because Josh is the our resident spinal cord <laughs> expert. Uh, expert Ooh, so. that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? Well, actually, like, I broke my spine and had a, like, actually was uh, paralyzed waist down. Oh, my God, dude. How'd you do that? That sounds horrible. Snowboarding. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Snowboarding accidents hurt a lot. I'm not going to make you retell it for your listeners, but no, tell yeah. me after the podcast. Sure. Yeah. All about no, this. I, I was just kind of, well, when you were talking about that, I was like, wow, oh, I know all about that shit. Yeah, dude, that Peyton, Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning type of injury. Yeah. 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 yeah what? Man. That's what you have? Yeah. yeah. That's oh, exactly okay. what Peyton Manning did and. He had to fuse his neck, and he still played. Probably shouldn't oh, have been playing. Right, yeah, right, right, neck, right, right. Yeah, so maybe yeah. I should have had. Because couldn't he like should've... not really turn his head or something? Or well, some I shit. also continued to play because my coach was like, "You're being a pussy." So I like went back in, took another hit, went to the doctor, came, nothing came of it. So yeah. I just like finished the season. Yeah, yeah. Like I never got any official. What's I a, did like a what's few a weeks shoulder since. stinger that you were talking about? I don't um, really know what that is. Oh, it's basically a pinch nerve. Basically, if your shoulder like. If you get hit and your shoulder does like a weird movement, there's like a little nerve cluster near where it is. And oh, okay. It'll pinch and your arm will go kind of. But it'll kind of. It's like itself sort of thing, or it's depending? not even. It's like hitting your funny bone, but in your shoulder. Oh, okay, I understand. It's yeah, yeah. It's, so that's they thought basically it was it is. much less than it. Yeah, is, was they yeah. thought it was like oh you just because that's what happens when you hit your funny bone. Your funny bone is not a bone; it's a nerve. Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that tingly feeling is <laughs> yeah. what happens when a nerve gets yeah. like just that little prick. Yeah. <laughs> so that was there was a nerve little cluster that was getting squeezed, like hitting your funny bone, but in my neck down my arm. Yeah. Hmm. And so they thought it was from my shoulder down, but it was actually my neck down, and it was bad. Yeah, that's not fun for sure. But yeah, I played, uh, I ended up just, like I said, three weeks of physio and kept playing on it, and now yeah. it's probably a bigger problem than it should have been. Perfect. <laughs> so, actually, that's a curious thing, because football is so bad for injuries and concussions and CT. Like, what what will happen? Will we like will people just I don't know deal dude. with the risk for the chance yeah. of being a... Pro NFL athletes. That's or what it has NCAA to be, dude. College, I guess, right? Like knowing the risks. Yeah, I guess. that's so. It's hard, like, and I really, I, I mean this in like the most literal sense, but it sounds super cliche and corny. But like, I legitimately think the NFL are our gladiators. We're like, dude, fuck your health. Get out there. We're paying you with all the riches and spoils of of the world. You've got all the cars and money and women and Mm -hmm. and drugs, and we'll cover up stories of you beating your wives. We'll do anything we want, but you might die this week. Mm -hmm. So, like, get out there and entertain me. Yeah. 
It's like it's it's celebrity, it's man. It's yeah. fame. It's, it is what it is. Yeah. We let celebrities do so much drugs and like bullshit because they're gonna die and they're there for our entertainment. It's kind of the yeah, the vicarious living in yeah some ways. I would we, say right? you so. live like that so we can live safely and watch it. And pay you millions of dollars. Yeah, it's a trade. It's a fair trade-off. Yeah, but you have yeah. to know, growing up, that you're you might never even get to be a gladiator. You might live the life of a gladiator and then end up being an accountant with all the gladiator problems. Yeah. Which. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> concussion away from the crazy house. But it's worth it. I don't know. That's what makes it feel alive. That's why you probably snowboard and hurt yourself and we're doing crazy shit. Very true. Yeah. I would never give up football. I would keep this spinal injury for what I did in football a hundred million times. Yeah. Like, it was so fun. No. I, I got it. I, I yeah. I think that was, that was a very good, insightful answer. But it looks, it does look like they're trying. It sucks because the like. Squeaky I mean, everyone knows about it now, and there's the Will Smith movie. Yeah, and, yeah. And like, I'm glad that that's out, and I'm glad that people can now make a conscious decision. Yeah. I'm glad that we're not covering it up anymore. Yeah. But the info's out there. Let AB wear his old helmet, and let's. Let him wear a hat that says "Make football violent again." Who cares? Mm. They know the risk; it's available. They can watch it in a very entertaining fashion. Yeah. Was Will Smith, and they can go, "Yeah, it's probably happening inside my head, but I love this game, yeah. so yeah. I'll die at 50 mm. mm-hmm. Or if you don't want to, don't play. I guess exactly. Pull an Andrew Luck and retire one week before the season, and screw a bunch of fantasy owners. It's hilarious. It's the <laughs> best way to live. I would recommend doing that to yeah. most. Football players, actually. <laughs> yeah, do it like the day before. You know <laughs> what? Tim Tebow, dude. Never. Yes! Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow's the best. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go play baseball. <laughs> nah, I'm going to switch sports but suck at the other one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I think, that, I think it's great, and I like that it's violent, and I like that they're aware of it, and they know, and they're willing to do it. Yeah. And if I was good enough, I would be on that field with them being like, Oh yeah, my brain is scrambled eggs, but like, I don't know, I, I live a year as a lion before I live a thousand as a sheep, you know? It's sure, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. I think that makes sense. You mean scrambled eggs? <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm getting good at this podcast. Yeah, there you go. The you fucking go. Segues. That's a callback. There you go. That's a comedy. Uh, <laughs> Tie-in. So tell us about the... Most recent podcast because that's what uh, we're doing now. Do you want to to do this? I don't know. I'm just going to switch over. Well, if you want a video clip of you explaining it, wait just. <laughs> well, I don't know if it'll fuck up you for editing to have me and have the audio and video separate. Or... No, because we Not just really. what we do is we let the audio just kind of run. Uh, you just cut the audio. And when I watch the YouTube video, uh, the it'll just fade to like an image like just our cover photo and then oh. cut back the video just cuts back in yeah. okay cool very annoying for the uh, the listening people but yeah. we know what we're doing yeah. kind of yeah sorry listeners hopefully you're in the Tim Hortons drive through right now no. see now you know what's <laughs> happening so you have a little more empathy for why it happens people yeah. have been screaming at their computer yeah. about it <laughs> what <laughs> talk <laughs> you cut his face what <laughs> okay um, yeah, so the new... Scrambled the Eggs. The new podcast, yeah, Scrambled the Eggs. That was a cool... So you guys asked me about this at the show. Yeah. But yeah. I'm just going to give the same answer because it's it. the one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I basically, when Dan left, he moved to Hinton and he's doing his own thing out there. And so I didn't have a co-host. But like I said, it kind of happened organically where he 
was my best friend and came on as a guest and ended up co-hosting and we ended up having a decent listenership and like having a lot of fun and having a decent rapport. So then once he left, I was like, well, I don't just want to replace this other guy and have to be like, okay, well now here's all the inside jokes that we used to have. So brush up on those yeah, <laughs> for yeah, the podcast. Yeah, yeah, Can't yeah, really yeah. do that at all. Yeah. So I had to just kind of kibosh the thing or try and take it over on my own. And that was too much responsibility. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, yeah, you know what, I'll focus a little more on stand-up. And that's after we'd stopped doing the podcast is when I put a lot of energy into making the album and doing that. Yeah. So it ended up being a pretty good thing, getting my table cleared. But then I got my table uncleared again. And I was like, I, I'm not stressed out. Let's give myself more stuff to do. And so <laughs> I... I like that. <laughs> Yeah, I found. Uh, late, but anyways, I found a second. I found a new co-host in Jim, which also would just happen to be perfect timing. Jim came in the comedy scene, and we started running shows together. And who was supposed to be here? Tonight. Yeah, yeah, Jim. God damn it, <laughs> idiot! It was in the calendar. I I confirmed it from our email address. <laughs> the scrambled yeggs at gmail.com has confirmed to be at this meeting. It's in the calendar, all right? You guys are going to get a bunch of dick pill fucking emails. Now. <laughs> <laughs> all loyal listeners Woo. of the Long and Hard Podcast, if you, send your penis pictures to <laughs> scrambled. What's the it's podcast? It's Y-E-G podcast at gmail.com. If you go. send those to me, they're my online property now and they're going on my Facebook profile. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want my aunts to see your cock, send them my way. Yeah. <laughs> but do that. Anyways. <laughs> so Jim came on the comedy scene. So yeah, Jim came on the comedy scene. We started like running shows together and we got along and we both... Um, this is another weird offshoot, I guess. Uh, I was supposed to move to Toronto after I recorded the album. Yeah. Um, so I was supposed to do that, get the album, get it produced, and basically be like, all right, thank you, Alberta. I did my thing. I got 200 of you out to see me. That feels like an accomplishment. I'm, I'm good here. Yeah. I'm going to take off to Toronto and see if, uh, see if I can get in the big boy game. Yeah. And then I started dating this girl who I really, really, really liked, and she didn't want to move to Toronto. And I was like, well, I don't have to move there. There's no, like, reason for me to. I was just going to go kind of see what it was like and try my hand and, you know, give it a couple years and see what I liked better. Yeah, yeah. And so she didn't want to go and I didn't have to. And so I just, instead of, the plan was record the album, move back in with my dad like a fucking champion, save up some money, um, and then use that to it out there mm-hmm. and so we were at step two moving in with my dad so i was living with my dad and then her lease was up and her best friend's lease was up who we were always hanging out with and uh i was i had nowhere to go so we kind of found a place that the three of us could get together and i was like all right well now this is going well and i like this and edmonton's sweet and i don't have to be in toronto so i started trying to make a lot more edmonton stuff happen and that mm-hmm. kind of became the goal yeah. And so I was like, I want Edmonton shit. I want cool comedy shows. Yeah. I want cool music shows. Mm-hmm. I want to have venues to go to. I want podcasts to be popular. I want the... We have the third biggest fringe festival in the world. And somehow we're not an art city. Like, we're not known yeah. for our arts. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Okay. Yeah, we have, yeah. like, a super progressive mayor who's, like, really awesome and big about the city and, like, putting funding into stuff. 
Uh, stand-up comedy right now is going through like a legal battle to be considered an art by the Canadian uh, hmm. Arts Council because right now it isn't, which is bullshit. Hmm. So, so that would affect grants and stuff. Yeah, it sort affects of grants. So okay. we'd be able to have funding to do things like record albums or rent theaters for our fans to come to and oh, cool. not have to pay out of our own pocket and do stuff like that. Yeah. So we're fighting for that, and uh, I was like, well, Edmonton's got theaters and Edmonton's got like the cool fringe stuff, and we're a a one on the fucking cannabis situation. We've got all these huge grow ops here, and like <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> like we really of we didn't nail legalization by any means, but we are a thousand miles ahead of the rest of the country in it. Mm, like we're doing true. way better. Yeah. So like that's cool. So uh, we're working on stuff with that. Like we've got a bunch of weed stuff in the mix. We're getting a bunch of weed people on the podcast. Um, we're trying to do art stuff. We've got a cool music scene that no one really knows about. We have this like weird underground rap scene. These guys that toured with like swollen members from 118 that are dope, and like um, there's like that's a swollen members. Nice. Yeah, there's cool. like some cool stuff <laughs> yeah. that like happened that no one really knows about, and it's like, and people were like calling it Deadmonton, and I was like, man, I was born and raised here, like. My parents legit moved, like, my dad moved here from Quebec and, like, didn't speak English and, like, made a living. Like, it sucks that it was the rigs because the rigs suck and whatever. But he, like, came out here and like, made a name for himself and raised two boys to be my brother's PhD. Like, he just got his PhD and is working for an environmental startup and I'm doing comedy. And I'm like, man, this city, like, made all that happen for me and I'm just going to ditch it to go to Toronto. Like, fuck that. Mm. So. Nice. Then the girl like kind of made me have that big epiphany, and so I was like, "Yeah, let's do the Scrambled Eggs podcast." And my album was here, and now my uh, Instagram profile says "yeg till I die," <laughs> and I uh, I still think I might go do the Toronto thing, but if I do, it's gonna be with the like I'm gonna show you what the fuck we've been doing in Edmonton, and I'll go back there in two years if you guys want to have me back. I'll come around, hmm. but like I just want to go make a name for myself there and come back and be be Edmonton is Toronto like sweet I like it is that like the comedy yeah yeah well it's just it's the mecca Canada? yeah it's the mecca of our country essentially outside of Vancouver but housing prices are crazy out there yeah and then there's like film industry and that's where any like Canadian content like CBC everything for the CBC is done there like yeah. so right if right. you want to get on TV or in commercials even that's a huge way that comedians get like steady paychecks is if you when you watch like TV commercials, you can tell when they're filmed in Canada because like that's a comedian, that's a comedian. Oh really? So, yeah. Like, <laughs> Subway uses them. That like, have you seen that big like fresh glass? The one where they went skating and they're like, you guys want to get a cold one? And then they'd get a big glass of milk. It was like a Canadian dairy farmers commercial. Oh no, I haven't seen that one. <laughs> it was super oh. funny. There's two teams of hockey and they're like, you want to go get a cold one? It was a bad commercial. But the comedians didn't write it. They just got cast in it. There was a oh, casting okay. agent in Calgary. Huh. And so there was, like, six comedians in the commercial, like, on these, like, hockey teams. Oh, oh. You know what? Maybe I do remember that commercial, actually. It was a couple years ago. Yeah. Before, right? Okay, yeah. I do remember that one. There was, yeah. uh, there was an Interact commercial that uh, K. Trevor Wilson, he plays Squirrely Dan in Letterkenny. I was about to say, I know that dude. name. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he did. One of, that's my before his famous story. He crashed on my couch once in, like, 2012 because he was doing a tour out in uh, no Alberta, doing stand-up. 
and he's like buddies with the comedians, like a small community. We all kind of yeah, know yeah, each other. yeah, yeah. And whoever's couch he was crashing on had to bail for something, so he just stayed at my place. Nice. <laughs> cool, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, he just like lent him a couch, like he just slept, and like he went out, did a show, came over, was like, "Thanks, man, I'm gonna hit the hay." And I was like, yeah, "Absolutely." He slept and dipped in the morning, but mm. yeah, <laughs> okay, like, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. But he was before Letterkenny. He did a commercial for Interac. Like, do you remember when they had that little truck, and it was like it would follow yeah, like around, the yellow and take yeah. your money with you or whatever, yeah, yeah, and, it was, yeah. and it was like all secure. Yeah. yeah. So when they were doing those, they also did, or no, before they were doing those ones, they did the ones. It was holiday specific. They did these like holiday bills ones, and because he's a big fat guy, he played a big holiday bill, and he was like a a giant letter. And he would like sit like he got dropped with the mail like in the, your front door. And he was just like, hey. And like that was like all he did. And they were like, big holiday bills? Use like Interact online to pay your holiday like shopping bills off or whatever the fuck. But it was just like big gay trap from like Letterkenny like, hey. Um, Daniel Tosh, my favorite comedian of all time, has Taco Bell commercials from like 1998 or some shit where he like pretended he's like – if you like getting a deal and he like breaks into a golf course and he's like like playing the back nine for free and he's like then you're gonna love like Taco Bell's new two chalupas for a dollar ninety eight somebody cast this guy yeah, yeah. This is it's like Daniel Tosh with like a long skater hair it's so funny wow. no way huh what a weird what an so, interesting little kind of niche yeah so, thing, but it's, I guess it's literally because comedians first of all we're not like actors where we need to like be motivated we're like dude we're gonna do this for a paycheck yeah yeah and then uh, the other thing is that and someone else said this i forget who it was but it was on a podcast but it's another difference between like actors and comedians and why comedians are always used if you watch a lot of movies like the b-rolls are comedians a lot of the time Mm. And it's because, first of all, they don't really need the spotlight as yeah, much because yeah, okay. they have enough of it. They, we get it all the time for hours. Yeah. And second of all is because, again, there's no, like, there's no motivation for us. We're just trying to be like, yo, why is this line funny? Like, what do I have to say to get the laugh? Like, that's all we're looking for. Mm-hmm. So if they're telling us, we're like, okay, if, if that's what you need. So comedians are very happy to just go into the secondary roles. roles, yeah. But... They have, I don't want to say the same acting skills as actors because obviously theirs are more refined. Mm -hmm. But when you're on stage, you do that, like you play characters and personas and you use your facial expression and tonality and pronunciation and speak from your diaphragm and like those things that make you a good storyteller and a good comedian are parallels to acting. Mm -hmm. So you just use them in your acting thing. So producers like comedians because they're like, well... They'll do the money. They're not Actra, so we don't have to pay them fucking, like, the rates. Like, we're scabs, basically. They don't have to pay us the union <laughs> rates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, and they have, like, three lines, so fuck it. And then the subway plays you being like, I love pulled pork. That was another comedian. <laughs> that, like, that dude uh, <laughs> just... They pay you as that airs, and you get a paycheck from it. So that comes from Toronto, and it's like, well, if you can, you know, score that... In the industry, it gives you an in, first of all. Yeah. And you're working with an agent. You're getting a catalog. You're doing all that stuff. It's good for your career, and it's a steady income that isn't, you know, a bartending gig. Sure. Whereas yeah. Edmonton, who's filming? No one's filmed anything here, mm-hmm. ever. 
Like, there's like four movies and they yeah, suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, there's the one that, that. Wasn't Brad Pitt in one? It was like the Jesse yeah. James one or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. crazy. It was like a huge I'm totally flop. unfamiliar with that. Dude, they, uh, they actually. So, funny story about that. So, there's a home in my parents' neighborhood uh, that used to be the Japanese consulate to like Canada lived there for whatever reason. <laughs> it was weird. It was just around the corner and it was like the, on this kind of big private lot and there was a big Japanese flag hanging there and there was always guards and stuff. Yeah, there's but, one by my parents' place that's some other thing like yeah, that. It's yeah. like the uh, Russian one or something. Oh, okay. But uh, for whatever reason, when, because they were form, filming at Fort Edmonton Park yeah. and when Brad Pitt was here, he stayed at the Japanese consulate's house. So there were all these paparazzi vans driving around our neighborhood all the time, trying oh to get pictures God. of Brad Pitt, I guess. Yeah. Oh. But he was in, I think he was here for like a weekend and then got yeah. the fuck out, right? Well, and he was probably in that house because that's probably like the most the celebrity. It's like those security systems are <laughs> ready for Brad Pitt level. Yeah. Like, they don't oh, just have flash. the ADT sign out front to try and scare you <laughs> yeah, away, yeah. but they don't actually have the system. <laughs> Imagine the Japanese embassies like that'll do. Yeah, <laughs> aren't actually plugged in. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. But uh, and uh, anyways, yeah. So they filmed the. It was like gotcha. the the death of Jesse James or something. Yeah. As the movie, yeah. there's actually a few famous people in it, and it's just terrible. <laughs> and apparently, like they filmed it, and it didn't come out for like three years after because they had to like recut it to try to make it usable because uh, it was just such a brutal movie or something. Yeah. So yeah, I was living in Montreal earlier this year, and they used that for like. Every movie that's in New York, yeah, they use Montreal because it's cheaper. Yeah, yeah. and the, every San Francisco, California movie is Vancouver. Vancouver. Yeah. yeah, Seattle, Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're fucking John Wick is filmed in Montreal, so there's apparently oh. Keanu's just riding down the street on a horse one of these days, and people awesome. are just like looking out the window, and they're like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. It's because yeah, there's but, actually a bunch of grants the Canadian government has. You, yeah, for you're the, probably aware of that or whatever. No, uh, for film. oh, for films, yeah, and that's why since since well, like like Dirty Harry was filmed entirely in Vancouver, and they just did panoramic shots of mm. San Francisco or whatever, so yeah, like the skyline. Well, and like CRTC loves like shit that's filmed in Canada because they have to fill content of like a certain right, amount right, yeah, of yeah. that qualifies it or whatever. It like it has to have like certain qualities, but I think like oh yeah, as long as it's filmed in Canada has like one main actor who's Canadian and like a oh, writer that's Canadian. John well. Wick. Yeah, it's like yeah. You see. I, like. <laughs> 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 so, I can't remember exactly what it is, but I could be totally wrong on that. Yeah, but something yeah, like that. They love it. They like yeah, it's stupid. But anyways, so all that shit happens in Toronto, so it's like I want to go there to make the connections, but I do like Edmonton and I like stand-up more than I like acting and all that stuff, so I want to be able to go there once a year, try and book maybe a couple shows and mm. go there, like, if I get, uh, you know, if I get offered something. like A Subway commercial. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. I can, you know, get enough tapes and auditions and stuff that I can yeah. just, because the internet, I can live in Edmonton and not have to pay Toronto things, but send all the Toronto agents my stuff, and mm-hmm. yeah. if anything lands, you know, go out there and hopefully set up a tour that pays for the plane tickets. My dad lives out there, so it'll be nice to yeah. visit him and yeah. do all that stuff. No, so no. if I do go, I don't think it's going to be forever, and it's always going to be Edmonton, but I also want to be the guy who's like, I'm Edmonton as fuck, and then in two years, <laughs> you see me just like smoking weed and like, oh, look, the Toronto's in the background. Love Toronto. Edmonton <laughs> fucking sucks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. mostly that was a big, long way to cover my own ass for internet haters. Yeah, later. but uh, so anyways, the, that's the goal of the Scrambled the Eggs podcast is yeah. I want to promote Edmonton stuff, and I want it to be to make Edmonton cool, and then I want it to be a good enough podcast that 
other people listen to it and they're like, scrambled egg, what? Edmonton, huh? Who are these people? And then yeah. get, I don't know, even if we get like 10 people to listen to cool shit from Edmonton, that's yeah, 10 more people who know about cool shit from go Edmonton. go to the shows, whatever it is, yeah. whether it's yours or yeah. music or whatever. I don't yeah, know. exactly. I see, like, because Jim, like, I follow Jim on Instagram because he raps as well. Yeah. And he's at these, like, kind of, like, there's, like, Dude, weird the, basement shows and that's stuff, but they look kind of cool. The I don't know. independent rap <laughs> scenes in Edmonton, yeah. they're gnarly, man. They're awesome. They're I'd, so I'd fun. I'd go check it out. <laughs> they're sick. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I, I mean, actually, I really enjoyed the comedy show we went to, right? Like, I, 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 I like stand-up and, like, yeah. it's local. Like, I can just go to it whenever, right? And we so. have good comics here. It's great. Yeah. Edmonton has one of the coolest scenes in the country, and I don't know why it happened or yeah. how it happened. Yeah. But... Mm-hmm. I have heard famous comedians refer to Edmonton as a good comedy town. Yeah. I think one of the big things is the comic strip and what's Edmonton Mall. I think is like a huge, huge, Mm. huge factor in why Edmonton is such a cool scene. Yeah. Because the owner, Rick Bronson, lets us go watch for free. So if you're a comedian in Edmonton... And as long as it's not like, uh, well, and you have to like know, like he lets comedians that he knows. know who you are. Yeah, Yeah. like if you... you know, if you're like a comedian you're, in Edmonton... He knows you're actually doing bits. And yeah, and you and, yeah. want to go watch, like, a, uh, one of the more senior guys. Like, they have guys that come through from L.A. and New York mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. And, like, I've seen Big J. Okerson there and T.J. Oh, yeah. Miller and, nice, like, nice. hung out with some cool guys. And he gives uh, all the MC spots and all the opening spots are always local guys almost. Every once yeah. in a while, someone will bring their own opener. Yeah. yeah. It's almost always local guys. So yeah, we have he, this, like, 300-seat show that's sold out because the headliner is someone cool and you get to perform to that audience and you get to experience what that's like and you get to watch these headliners and you get to hang out you do seven shows with them so you get to watch them do their Sick. hour seven times you get to watch what they change and you get to how watch they do it and how they do it and yeah. how they do crowd work huh. and what happens and you get to really study all that and not that it doesn't happen in other cities yeah. but if I lived in Vancouver, I didn't get. I wouldn't be able to watch. I've seen T.J. Miller perform probably twenty sets in my life, mm. for, totally for free, and like I know his opener personally. He was on our podcast, like our last podcast. Oh yeah, like the guy that his best. He was the best man in his T.J. Miller's wedding. He came on my podcast. Huh. He's a cool, cool dude. He's awesome. His name's Cash Levy. Nice. And like, wow, that's so cool. Yeah. So I guess yeah. the Edmonton comedy scene is perhaps owed to. Rick Bronson to a degree maybe uh, I don't know I wouldn't say that <laughs> it helps stirs I think the pot it's owed to the quality of headliner who has come through Rick Bronson's club gotcha so and part of him being like nice to us yeah. and like it, it is that but I think that well he wants to stir the scene I guess yeah I don't know and provide I, this, you the tools this scene had been good before that too like Yuck yeah. Yucks I think yeah, Yuck yeah, Yucks yeah, was yeah. in where the in the same spot, is. yeah. And now it's in the north side of yeah. the Ghetto Casino. But that was the same oh, thing. Oh, is that where... Okay, because you said one of the comedians who played last week at your show, you're like, oh, she and she's at, at Yuck Yucks, Yucks, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, there's a fucking Yuck Yucks in Edmonton? What? Like, yeah. I have no idea. It's so. a great club. The club's awesome. Is and it not the casino in the north Yeah, it's the casino. Oh, okay. Uh, Yellow Hex? Which, yeah. which one? No. No, like North End. North End uh, in Belvedere, next to like the Belvedere LRT station. Oh, off of Fort Road? Yeah. Century. Century, yeah. I mean, it like it's an big new building isn't it yeah the casino's fine the casino's nice and the showroom's amazing but it's like a casino in the north side so it's like just ghetto people are there yeah yeah so you're like i went to a show there once oh really they're fun and some people do come out for the comedy show but some people are ghetto people who are like in the casino who are like there's a show tonight like wandering (laughs) yeah yeah what uh oh fuck was um 
fuck, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I was just talking about the club and the Yuck Yucks was in the yeah, rest of the mall. Anyways, anyway, yeah, so yeah. having those guys come through, and I mean, I don't think it would be that much different without Rick Watson's the college trip. a different owner or whatever, so. Yeah. But I definitely owe a lot of, like, my stuff to him. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that was really cool that not a lot of cities had, I can't remember how long it ran now, but the Druid, now the Urban Tavern, had this open mic night where show up, go up. So you got to write your name on the list and go on stage. Okay. For sure. Anyway, yeah. 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 And they have a ton of them in Toronto and Vancouver and, like, New York and stuff like that. L.A. is, like, notorious for having them. But it's mostly comedians that show up to it and you're performing to other comedians. And there's a hundred of them. But Edmonton is a small enough city that not a bunch of comedians were, like, starting rooms all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. there's never been, like, 50 comedy rooms in Edmonton. There's one every night of the week, but it's not, like, a million. gotcha. So no one was trying to do a show up go up because they're like the shows are too long and whatever but this one stayed so it was the only one so it was where you knew you could get stage time every week so a lot of us started being like well that's where you can see me if people asked when you're new to comedy Mm -hmm. and so the audience started building as well and this had all started happening before I ever got into comedy Mm -hmm. and so once I got there it was like this kind of cool room that had like this niche following and you had guaranteed stage time every single week and something happened with the guy who ran it and another comedian they got into like a fight and it kind of split the scene hmm. and so there was like a half the scene wouldn't even go to the room because the one dude who ran it they like didn't like him oh yeah okay Jeez. and so okay. yeah it Some was high school drama yeah exactly yeah honestly. well it was like say it went to court and like it was oh. a serious like case Hmm. But it was also like it was high school drama, but yeah. done way more seriously than yeah. it had to be. We don't like him anymore. Huh. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was a anyways. Yeah, long story. But basically, it was like half the comedians wouldn't go to the room. It was guaranteed stage time, and they had a decent audience. So we would go, and you'd get to work on material. And if you yeah. were good, Double and the, the guy time. liked you, he would just let you go a little longer than five minutes because he would know that you're working on new bits, and he'd see you coming out. Open mic? Do they give you? Five minutes? Yeah. Is that kind of... Because, like, if you're, like, brand, brand new, like... Five minutes is different. That could be a long time, really. Yeah. 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 If you... Uh, yeah, if you don't prepare, five minutes can be a lot. But... Yeah. <laughs> it's the most painful five minutes of your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, people talk about stuff when you, like... You know, when something's happening and you realize, like, how long 30 seconds... Like, if you have to sprint for 30 seconds, you, like, really realize, like, how long 30 seconds is. Oh, absolutely. Or, like, you ever yeah. time yourself brushing your teeth and you're like, two minutes is, like, a lot of standing <laughs> around in the washroom not looking at my phone. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> you realize that. Yeah. And that's yeah. something that you realize on stage. If you're bombing, like... Five minutes, you can say a lot of dumb shit in five minutes. Yeah, you can crash and burn. <laughs> you like, can over and over and over. over. Yeah. So it can get long. But yeah, if Ooh. you're doing well and the guy likes you, you could get a little extra time. So that was another thing that like I owe part of my career to for sure. Those are the two places I first did stand-up. I watched Daniel Tosh live, called the comic strip, asked if they had an amateur night, got put up October 1st. Then I went to... Another comedian told me to go to the Druid because it was a show up, go up, and I didn't know about any of the beef, so I just showed up. Yeah. And I went on stage and I told some jokes, and then I was like, I just get to come back every single week. And he's like, Yeah. And so the first October until almost my birthday in March, I guess, of 2011, that was the only show I really did. Every hmm. once in a while, I'd get a spot 
at the comic strip because I'd go for the draw spots and then I'd show up at Sundays on the Druid and I'd try and tell whatever I'd wrote that week, which I didn't know was wrong. You're not supposed to just write new stuff every time. Oh, yeah. Because that's, yeah, yeah. that's why it sucks because you didn't refine it Did or it, try yeah, it or change it. it. Yeah. So I thought you were just supposed to go and always have another set. So huh. I was doing that, and then I saw other guys repeating their stuff and watching them work it and craft it, and then seeing them do it at, like, because I used to go watch all the time at other shows because I loved stand-up, and then see them do it, like, in their sets, and I was like, oh, shit, i got to start doing that. Right. So that yeah, kind of all yeah. switched in March, and that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to try and, like, do this. I'm going to see what happens because I just thought it was going to be a one-off for fun thing yeah and so in March I started like writing and doing all that stuff and then I forget what the question was now that's pretty much how it goes on this podcast yeah, yeah. yeah I, <laughs> oh I remember the point I was going to make a while ago where I froze there but uh, I remember when we went to Brendan's shop because the opener was someone he brought like the first the yeah, opener slash MC I was at that show for free oh. so suck oh, it guys sick <laughs> <laughs> we paid to our good money yeah. hard earned money <laughs> I would have paid for media oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Was, I would have. I did. I did like it, I but that that uh that middle chick, uh, she was from Edmonton. She was like an Asian chick. She's a mom yeah, from Celeste. the north side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's super funny. She was hilarious. Yeah. She was good. She's I'm like, on Hawking, my right? show this week, the one the Wednesday show. Okay. What? Like your podcast? No, the comedy show that I run every Wednesday. Celeste is She's performing this week. This week. Okay. Oh, this week coming up. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. She was she was funny, man. Yeah, and then I even hilarious. realized I'm like, oh shit, I guess there's probably funny people from slash in Edmonton. Yeah. <laughs> so hmm. yeah. It's weird yeah. that people don't think about it, but it's like, yeah, yeah. like everyone's just a dude, you know? Like <laughs> it's so, <laughs> everyone, so right there, everyone's man. just a dude, you know. Well, every guy's just a dude every or true. a chick or yeah, whatever yeah, you yeah. identify it, but you're like you're just a human. Yeah, like, yeah, you're just absolutely. A, you're no, just I see a what you're casual, there's a lot a of person. wisdom in that. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So it's weird to like think about, and I thought about it for a really long time, and comedy's really, I think, what pulled me away from it because I now have hung out with people who have like some form of celebrity. Like, I was at Galaxyland with my buddy, and he got stopped a couple. I say my buddy, a headliner who, when he comes through Edmonton, he will, I will send him a message or he'll send me a message and we'll go hang out for a bit. All right, yeah. I was with him in West Edmonton Mall at Galaxy Land and he got stopped by like some people who recognize him from a TV show that he hosts and it was like but the rest of the time I was just hanging out with him and he was like a dude and I'm like oh yeah this guy the TV show that he hosts is crazy it's called uh, um, Better Late Than Never and he goes on adventures I told you guys about yeah, this yeah, yeah he okay. goes on yeah, adventures yeah. with Terry Bradshaw and right. um, the Fawns whatever that guy's name is yeah, um, yeah. Um, anyways Better Late Than Never it's an amazing show um, but Jeff Dye is the guy who hosts it and he's really cool and he's super funny and he's like a fucking awesome comic and I was hanging out with him and then like people were stopping him from his TV show and I was like oh yeah celebrities don't matter any more than anyone else like mm-hmm. and they're not any more creative and they're not any more like they don't have any way to access like thoughts that you can't have hmm. so there's like this weird thing yeah. in comedy that like people from Edmonton can be why wouldn't they be just as funny yeah, as yeah. anyone else in the world yeah, right so it's crazy that people are like oh what are you like a comedian like from Edmonton and I'm like yeah I don't know I'm fucking good <laughs> 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 there's a bunch yeah. of us yeah there's nice. like yeah. we're yeah. all awesome there's yeah, a, well good. not all but you know yeah. there's a bunch yeah most definitely 
Well, should we yeah, let's wrap, wrap up things up here? Yeah. Sure, yeah, man. So where can people... So this will be dropping Wednesday, so where can people find you now, every week, online, etc.? Cool. Uh, Wednesday, tomorrow is my last show before I leave for Toronto. So uh, The oh, Parlor yeah. is... Uh, yeah, The Parlor, I have a show that I'm middling, I think? I don't know. I'm doing a set there. That's nice. Thursday, Thursday the, the 5th. Thursday the 5th. All right. And then after that, we're going to The Secret Show... There's a secret about the show, um, so I'll post about that. Uh, but that's also t- tomorrow, Thursday. That's a late show. Yeah. So the early show is the parlor. The late show is the secret show. Um, if just go. So to do my, you only like tweet it out the night of, sort of thing, or what makes it? Um, secret? sort of. There's it's cannabis related. And, oh, and yeah, yeah. so okay. there's like a. You can't say where it is, sort of thing. Yeah, the address. We can say where the address is. The Orange Hall. On uh, the the fringe grounds, oh yeah, it's yeah, yeah. every Thursday, and but it's just we can't talk too much about the show itself. It's a comedy gotcha. show yeah. that happens at the Orange Hall, and it's there's a secret. Gotcha. <laughs> Got it. Go nice. to find the secret. Yeah, that's as that's that's as much info as we feel to, compelled to give. <laughs> okay, sounds good. So that's happening Thursday. They're really fun shows. Come yeah. check them out. If you don't smoke weed, don't come to the show. Um, and then I'm in Toronto. If you're in Toronto and listening to this for some reason, I'm doing uh, the Yuck Yucks on the 12th of for September. For some reason, bro. Our fucking audience is coast Excuse me. For those of you listening in Toronto, I will be at the Yuck Yucks on September 12th. <laughs> so you better fucking come there and prove that these guys have fans out there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I know one girl out in Toronto. I will make sure she's there. Nice. I'll give her a free ticket. If you there want to come to the show, you got free tickets. Okay, perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, so that is where you can find me. Comedyaf.com. My album's there. The link to the podcast is there. Um, I have some upcoming dates that I keep somewhat posted on there. If I'm doing cool shows, I haven't posted. So nice. um, I actually have to update it. But all my dates for the um, Edmonton Comedy Festival will be up there. I'm hosting five shows in October, so those will be fun. The late night date night gala, the backstage gala. I'm hosting the media challenge, which is going to be a sweet show, and then uh, a couple other ones, I think. Cool. I know nothing about the Edmonton Comedy Festival, so. Oh. T- tell me briefly about it. <laughs> it's uh, it started by a dude named Andrew Gross. He was a radio host for Six Thirty Ched. Okay. Comedian here. He's done like a million just for last galas, and uh, every October, it's sponsored by ATB Financial. And uh, they do an Edmonton comedy, Edmonton comedy festival. So nice. last year I was in the Young Guns Showcase, which was like a sort of off venue. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they had young guys from Edmonton go up. And then I don't know if I did well or what, but this year Andrew back. had asked me to, well, the agency that I worked for actually sent me an email and asked if they wanted, if I wanted them to represent me for the festival. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah, I have no idea what that means, but it sounds like it's probably a good move. So please do. And then this year, my pay increased. Oh, no, sorry. Two years ago, I did the Young Guns Festival. Last year, I hosted the weekend at Yuck Yucks as another off venue. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, off yeah. scene venue. So two years ago, I'd been in the festival, but not in the festival. Right. And then this year, I'm getting paid more to do the festival and I'm hosting a bunch of shows that are in the main part of the festival okay. the late night date night gala I think is the show I'm most excited for they said to do dating material which I have some and it's not like 
my most exciting material, but I think it's going to be the most fun night. Everyone's going to be there with their girlfriends, and there's going to be a nice. lot of fun. And then nice. the media challenge, I think, is going to be fun, too, because I'm going to watch media people try nice. and do stand-up. Yeah, we'll drop a couple links uh, in link in show notes for uh, Alex's info and the comedy show and all that. So. Yeah. Cool, man. Awesome. Thanks for coming out. Oh, yeah, yeah. thanks for coming. Thanks for nice. having me, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. Now, 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 wait just a minute. Before you go, just a sincere thank you for listening to the show. You can find new episodes of the Long and Hard Podcast every Wednesday morning about 9 a.m.-ish, give or take. Don't hold me to that. Uh, we really appreciate your, you subscribing. If your podcast platform allows you to leave a review, please leave us a kind review if you've enjoyed the content here. Uh, just a reminder, Long and Hard podcast uh you can also find our other shows other channels uh the millennial homeowner podcast hosted by me and the invictus podcast hosted by josh if you head over to our website longandhardpodcast.com and see our other shows there once again a quick reminder that thomas harrington and joshua blaze are licensed real estate professionals in the province of alberta and any discussions here involving real estate are not intended to solicit buyers or sellers under contract. And just a friendly reminder, hey, this is a conversation. This show is not intended to be legal or professional or medical or any other kind of specific advice. Please consult a relevant professional in said area before acting on anything or any ideas you might get here. Thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you next week. Peace.